You know what Kevin loves? Eating. You know what Kevin's doing? Getting married. I'm not saying the two are connected, but maybe if you use our sponsor, Blue Apron, to eat, someone will love you. Blue Apron. I, I wrote this ad again. Blue Apron makes cooking simple and delicious. Each week, they send you pre-portioned ingredients. You follow the step-by-step instructions. Blammo! You've got a dish to be proud of. No more eating out of the trash, YouTube user Matt Bell. They got warmed smoked trout and asparagus salad with fingerling potatoes, garlic croutons this month, man. Stop being out of the trash. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash greggy. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash greggy. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And stop eating out of the trash, YouTube user Matt Bell. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, alongside producer slash producer Nick Scarpino. Hi. You're wearing the brand new kind of funny hat. Yeah, it was fun. I had to take some pictures in it, and I just kept it on. It's not. A, we don't know if it's available yet by the time this is posting. We don't even. I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to wear it. Right but now. what I'd like you to do is show me all the different styles. Kevin, give me R two. And okay. now show me some of the styles of this hat. So this is like you're right now. You're cash. you're going to a baseball game. You're coaching Hanging little out. league. Picked up your kid from little league. You're maybe gonna bribe him with some sort of sugar. So shut the hell Sunday, up. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. You haven't showered yet. You're going out to brunch. Didn't want to do my hair. Now show. Now hip it up for me. Hip it up. Hip it up. You want to hip it up? Show me how you get the ladies at the club. <laughs> oh, <laughs> doctor. What if I do that? There you are go. a member of crisscross. See, this right here says "Don't burn this side of my neck," and this one says "I'm all party" because I'm kind of happy. Yeah. Okay. 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 Now, and then, what what's the other? What's the other? Shake another the mode back of your neck. This is uh, this is I'm really intense and I'm into my card game because all I have uh, left in life is gambling. Okay. Yeah. This is I'm in that Vegas. I gained a little bit of weight. Yeah. You know, World I owe a lot of poker. money to the wrong kind of people, and this I need. Oh shit! I just lost. Go run. No, you kind of do the. You look like the Fred Durst. Sort of in that era of the Nookie era. Ah, yes, the yeah. Nookie era. Of course, Limp Bizkit's Nookie. Now just turn that hat red, get a big puffy jacket on. <laughs> now show, show me the rally cap. Oh, rally cap time? Yeah. Do it this way, right? Is this how you rally cap? You're doing this it. Is, you're doing this it. This is I don't want to fuck up the top The of podcasters are having a seconds. great time right now. Listen, the people listening to this audio this version only. Andy like, Cortez. What is going on? What, wait, what are you, you're kind of funny, you, something Hispanic, but if I say it wrong, it's racist. The Hispanic what? heartthrob? Hispanic heartthrob, Andy Cortez. Don't you think the Spurs could use that in the playoffs? Okay, okay. Because <laughs> remember, they yeah. lost. That's yeah. your they team and they baseball lost. Caps for, rally for caps baseball for baseball. Not you for can put down for, you can rally for anything. One <laughs> the, time I was in, I was getting my chemotherapy, a guy did that with his hat, and he's like, hey, I'm going to beat this thing. Oh, okay. Dan died right there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn. It's not a real story. Great show. And rounding out the foursome today. Patreon supporter, Paul Joyce. Yay, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, Paul, you come all the way from jolly old England. I do. Oi, Governor! Oh. Make you for your more home, don't we, she? I can't believe oh. you waited this long. Don't I know, right? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. he was building I felt, so, I felt so at home there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sorry. Now, uh, Paul, how long have we known you? A, a too long? No, no, yeah, no, no, no. A good, uh, a good... Good year or two. Yeah, you've been supporting us for a long time there. You do the Skype calls with us. We Indeed, to, I do. We get to check in. We've seen you go from your apartment being very bland. Yes. To then getting a better webcam, and it seemed there was more detail when that happened. Yeah. And then you went down to LA, and we were Skyping from a back porch. Yeah. So basically, I am, I am actually enjoying uh, two months of what we call in the UK gardening leave. Okay. So I'm between jobs. I start a new job in uh, the middle of June. 
Uh, so uh, my girlfriend and I came out to uh, to the US for two months to sun ourselves. We'd spend most of our time in California. Yeah. But we did uh, spend a short period of time in your hometown of Chicago. Yeah. You went Which to Portellos? Oh, uh, we did. What all did you eat? Lay it uh, on me. Well, I mean, what did you expect? Let's go, Bulls. We, uh, Next, yeah. Jace. Good job. Good job. Bill Murray. Uh, an all Italian uh, beef hot dog with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. An Italian beef sandwich. Yeah. Uh, a cake shake that I think nearly gave me diabetes. Yeah. Sure. That'll happen. Um, yeah. Kevin, uh, the Kevin Coelho special. The Kevin Coelho <laughs> fastball. <Yeah. laughs> wonder, how do we how do we start that? How do we get that to be a thing of, across all Portillos? Just call it. A I mean, I, I'm, we're barely getting my photo into new Portillos, so we don't have. That's to. a good. That's a that's a foothold. Though, it's happening. I know. We'll hold. get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. All right. Cool. It was uh, it was excellent. How do you find this country that is America? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, we. Um, it's not my first visit here. Sure. But uh, but, but yeah, best. we love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I mean. So today, as a person today who is just a, came uh, to this country for the first time, never been here before. Yeah. You just what learned the it? language. You just learned the language it's before amazing, he came. Yeah, <laughs> first off, your English accent, your American accent is amazing. Uh, second impressive. off, which, uh, real question though, which, what, what city do you like best? What, what resonates more with you? So, um, oh, I'm going to offend a lot of people, boy, no. whatever I say. Uh, so as long as it's I, in California. So I love Los Angeles. There you go. Um, it's a, uh, we spend a lot of time there. In your face. <laughs> <laughs> I moved out of Chicago and never went back. Yeah. <laughs> Although um, it was our first time in Chicago and, and it was a beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, and by the lake, um, weather was great. We were very lucky. Uh, uh, really enjoyed it. Great food. <laughs> Sorry. It's like a gremlin over there. Yeah. Kevin I'll doing see. some of the drapes they shoot out. I realized I left that move control on the table. We don't need it. There. I didn't know why the PlayStation move control uh, here, was but I wasn't going to doubt it. For Kind of Funny Live 3, we're, we're doing some some stuff there that needs requires a microphone. So oh, I was using so this that. is a real thing. I thought you were doing something stupid like on the morning show. Oh, no, it's always oh, stupid. No, no, no. no. We Andy and I were practicing some stuff. Yeah. Doing some rehearsal stuff. Andy, can you move that? Because it's just reminding me of how poor of a singer I am. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah well, so won't this post? Oh no! It no. No, this no, will go up the Friday. Yeah, before kind of funny live. Okay. Ease off. So Nick's already yeah. ruined the fact that PlayStation Move will be there in full force. Yeah. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the game over, Greggy show each and every week. Four. Sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like Paul did, where you can support us at a number of different levels. Get the shows early, get bonus episodes, come on the show, do all sorts of cool stuff. But if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny where we post the entire show topic by topic day by day until it goes up as one big MP3 and video the following week. I want to start. Okay. I'm fired up, Andy Cortez. Yeah? I'm fired okay. up, Paul. I think maybe you've heard I'm fired up. Why I want to know <laughs> why people are so why people are so bad to each other. Mm. Why people revel in each other's misery. Why is it human nature? Are we all horrible people? Is it evolution? Is it something else? This all stems from I just on the way over here, I was going through like what are my topics gonna be? You know what I mean? I'm bumping around, I have my list, all the different stuff. And I, what I got to was over on Reddit, someone giving applause to the New York Post. For their headline with the Tiger Woods DUI of DUI of the Tiger. That's well, a good pun. It's a good pun. Yeah. I agree I with that. Fine. But why are we so excited to tear this guy down? Is it because he was up at one point? And it's not limited to just celebrities. Think about it in your circle of friends, high school, workplace. Sure. Think about somebody how fucks Kevin. up. How we treat Kevin. Think yeah. about somebody fucks up and you rub their face in it. You do all this Think about how, shit. how Kevin treats us. Okay, okay. You yeah. sound, got some Kevin? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Kevin? I'm, I'm just pointing out that it doesn't have to be Tiger Woods. It can be someone who was... 
you know, less of a celebrity than Tiger Woods, then you can still want to tear him down. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm, I was saying without naming Kevin a million times because it seems like you have someone to resolve Kevin stuff. No, I mean, Kevin and I, no, we're fine. We went out to Mexican lunch today. We're good. Okay. Um, I think... <laughs> it was delicious. It was really good. What, Kevin? What? Kevin's got nothing to say. He's just trying to derail right. the show. You think? Uh, I often wonder this, right? I don't know what it is about wa- wanting to watch someone rise and then fall and then rise again. Like, we love this, right? We've seen it time and time again, especially in pop culture over the last, like, since I've been alive, really. Um, there's countless celebrities who we enjoy. I mean, I think part of the joy of watching them, like, rise to that that height is to, like, maybe there's some fucked up part of your brain that's mm. like, they're going to they're gonna self-destruct. They're going to Lindsay Lohan, right? They're going to Amanda Bynes. They're going to Britney Spears. Those are just off the top of my head. Sure. Um, I don't know. I think on some level it reminds you that even though these people are quasi-superhumans, um, that they are still human. And I think we all find that comforting. Uh, even though it does come from negative place, it just comes from a place of insecurity, right? Like all of us know that at some level, like we're going to fail at something. And then when, you, when you're when you out there and you see these people who, you know, either by design or just by nature of what they do, yeah. seemingly have this perfect life. See, but I'm not even, I think you're taking it in a direction it doesn't need to be. Is the fact of doing wrong. He had, Tiger Woods had a DUI. He shouldn't be drinking driving. That's stupid. Always call Uber, always get a cab. Doesn't matter like that. I'm just talking about like, in the internet comments, the desire to be right and go for each other's eyes and do all this different stuff and I, just say horrible, horrible fucking things. I think it's people trying to get that internet karma. The Reddit karma, the upvotes, the retweets. That's part of it, probably, It's, it's yeah. people wanting that recognition for saying something slightly clever or slightly yeah. funny or whatever. It's validation. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. But I also think it comes down to the maybe the... Uh, you're talking more in generality, not necessarily Tiger Woods, obviously. No, but, dude, take it wherever you got to take but it. But I do think that, you know, Tiger Woods has become somewhat of a punchline with, you know, what happened seven years ago or whatever with his, with wife. his wife, cheating yeah. on his wife or whatever. Um, and then the car, the you know, getting his car wrecked or whatever, South Park made fun of it, this mm. and that. And he's never, ever gotten back to the point that he was when he was at the top of his game right. and killing it, like, in majors and mm. stuff like that. Uh, and I do think, do you think it's... Do you think it's the fact that he was on top of the world and now, again, people are just trying to, like, hey, this guy's down here with us. Let's try to attack him as much as possible. Yeah, and I think we also conflate um, sporting or entertainment prowess with um, being a great human. And, sure. and the two don't necessarily meet. You can be a, a fantastic sportsman, but you're going to make mistakes like anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think you like to see, as you say, these superhumans, people who can do things that you can't do, but, oh, yeah, actually, by the way, they they mess up like we do as well. Yeah. Do you think this is all making... I mean, I'm with you on the fact that I think in my entire time of life, Entertainment Tonight, whatever you want to do, a celebrity does something wrong or does whatever, it's going to be headlines. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Hugh Grant picking up the transvestite prostitute or mm-hmm. whatever, Eddie Murphy doing the exact same thing way back before my time or whatever, or you know, anybody fucking up, it becomes a news story like that. But I feel like... And I don't know, and maybe it's just us or whatever, but in the in the in the way we exist in the internet and the way everybody's connected now, social media and Twitter and everything else, it's the same thing, but just being applied to normal people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally yeah. does. But I think it comes from an interesting, I think they probably come from the same place. I, I can't speak for the entire internet, but I know that when I want to tweet a snide thing out or I want to respond negatively to something, it very seldom has to do, like that level of anger or animosity or, or just shit spewing vile, like vileness yeah. very seldom has to do with that thing. It's usually I'm having a bad day or I'm not happy with something else that's happening in my life and this is an opportunity to have an outlet to take that anger out on something. Right? And we were talking about the uh, earlier about inter- internet commenters um, when we were having a beer in the, well, you were having a beer, I was having a Red Bull what up, um, <laughs> in the kitchen in uh, that, you know, I honestly I firmly believe that all these people out there that are throwing out hate wouldn't do that 
if they were talking to you person to person. Yeah. I think they might have the same criticisms, but I don't think that they would be. I don't think that they would be forced to uh, feel they needed to confine that into that 140 character like lash out, right? Sure. Like there's so much, so much of our lives right now are, are just truncated and that sucks and that in and of itself is a frustrating thing, right? If I have a problem with Andy but I don't actually know Andy and I can't text Andy or I can't call Andy and I have 140 characters or I have what I feel like is maybe, uh, you know, the space above a fold to get my point across, I have to make that as pointed and as sharp and as fiery as possible in order for people to hear it. Um, and it sucks because more often than not, like that's not how you resolve conflict, which tells me that for the most part, what most people like to do is they're not, they're not interested in actually winning or they're not interested in actually getting to the truth of a matter. They just want to feel like they wanted something for a, for, for a second in their life yeah. for I, whatever I, reason. I also think sometimes success is relative. It's a bit like if you've got a, um, a sibling who's really successful, if, if they got, you know, whatever their grade point average was three and a half, you'd to get, you know, if you didn't get three and a half or more, then you weren't successful. So people want to bring other people down to make themselves feel better and yeah, feel more of course, successful. Of course. And I think that's, that's definitely part of it too. I think there's a part of it of saying like, there is something gratifying of like, of pointing out someone's flaws, right. Yeah. And doing it in a way that it, it, it's, it, it can be validating. It's false validation. Oh, okay, completely. It's not real. Um, and you know, it could be an interesting stress relief. And also I, th- I think that a lot of people just think there's zero consequences, right? I, I, I honestly believe that a lot of people who leave comments on things like, like to throw it out there and just don't think about it. Ever. Like, you know, they're not, they're not thinking about that comment they made on a video two weeks ago, even sure. though the person whose video it was on probably is still might be still thinking about it, or at least it's, it's rattling around somewhere in their subconscious. Um, so yeah, I think it just comes from a place that we all have inside of us, which is a, like I'm frustrated with something. Life is, I mean, cause life is fucking. Do you think it's, it's inherently easy. flawed in the human condition that yeah. we're designed to be selfish? And so we want the best for ourselves, which, in, which inherently in some way means worse for someone else. Of course. But I don't think, I don't view selfishness as a bad thing necessarily, unless it is, it starts to become destructive. So like, I don't think, you know, I'm kind of a little Ayn Randian in, in that, that I think that selfishness could be, is, is a good thing. And everyone does things for self. We've had topics on this before, but everyone does things for self-serving reasons. It just, I, where I have a problem with it is where you start being selfish at the expense of others. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's that's kind of where you get into in that murky internet commenting territory, right? Which is that you are you're going out you're going in there to feel something. And that validation or that anger that you have or that need to be right or that need in some aspect of your life is going to be fulfilled here at the expense of others be damned. And I don't I don't I can't do that. I just can't indulge in that. I have it in me, by the way. Of course, oh, you've sure. all seen me get angry. You've all seen me make an inappropriate comment to Kevin or to Tim or something like that, like lashing out in anger. And that's really all it is. But I can guarantee you, if you stop me at that moment and said, calm down and calm down and you ask me what it's really about, I'd say, you know what? I just had a bad day yesterday thinking about something completely out and I'm taking it out. Well, it's always the last straw, right? right. That's where it comes yeah, from. exactly. Um, and I feel like a lot of people out there may or may not be happy with where they're at in life. Mm. And this is their outlet to to get that angst out. And it's unfortunately not a good outlet for that. But I do think it's inherent to every human. I don't know if it's necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily all that. I think a lot of it does come from like what I was mentioning earlier, just wanting to post, (laughs) wanting to post the cool, funny thing to be able to show your friends. Sure, there is the one upmanship. I got 22 likes, like check this shit out. This meme is fucking awesome. Reddit, fucking, I guess not Discord, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, sure. a- anywhere where your creativity can bring someone else down and also get you recognition, uh, I think people jump at that immediately. Like, it, I mean, you look at anything that happens in the games industry, in a week from now, we'll be, no, 
in about two weeks from now, we'll be doing E3 stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, along with a billion other people yep. on the internet, will see something silly and try Someone's to make gonna a funny Someone's going to wear the remark. wrong blazer on, on, uh, in, in a Sony press conference. Yeah, and we're all going to tear that guy to apart. Make, we're going to try to make a meme about it. If somebody right. stumbles over something stupid, oh, we're going to so try to make question. fun of them yeah, for yeah. their Octopath own. Trio. To feel yeah. good about it. You yeah. know, it just oh, makes God, It's really stupid, but that's, I think that's what it comes down to. Well, we're also all being rated that much more um, frequently, whether it's on... Facebook or, or exactly. Instagram yeah, that's, that's you're getting likes too. everyone you know you're comparing how many likes you got to this picture to that picture does it does it make it a better picture does it make it a better comment um, I think we we like to feel that if we've got more likes that means that we're, we're more popular and we're yeah. better exactly so you do something more outrageous that yeah. attracts more attention that's a really good point and that's something that I think is, is, is worth really thinking about is like we do we have built this whole culture up based on competition in every aspect and like it doesn't really mean anything if i tweet something out and it gets more likes than something that andy tweets out right it doesn't really all it means is that there's more people that follow me but and that i'm better than andy um, <laughs> and if it form, but it doesn't really mean anything in, in the real world um but that that yeah i think that's very fascinating I, I i will say like i just and i again i see this in myself a lot it's very easy to dip into that side of yourself, but it's the wrong way to go. And I always like, I, that's why I've apologized to Kevin multiple times. Cause I feel like when I start, if I get in that negative space and rip on Kevin and he always ends up being one of my whipping boys, like it's just an obvious, easy thing to do. That's cheap and useless, right? It's much, it's much harder to make a positive piece of content and put it out there than it is to make a stupid joke at the expense of someone else. And it's just, I don't know, it, but everything to me boils down to positive or negative, right? Are you being, are you putting out something positive into the world or are you tearing something down? And if you're always constantly tearing something down, like sure, that's fine. And you can get a lot of followers for that and you can get, you can get a following for that, but ask yourself why, and do you want to be in that space? And Man. do you want to be the person who is known as the guy that's just going to rip on people all the time. And that's just not, that's never been me. You know? Andy, is there a way to put the genie back in the bottle and repair it? Like, you know what I mean? Like a million news outlets report on Tiger Woods that he got arrested for DUI, right? Whatever. But to make the, the DUI, the Tiger joke, and then be applauded for it out there. And then that starts dialing back to everybody else. Like we're talking about internet comments. We're talking about how people want to be, and we're talking about the snark of E3 or whatever the fuck you want it to be. Is there, I mean, like, I know? don't think there's a way at all. No, I think, we're just so selfish that we want recognition for all these kind of silly, witty things that we can create on the yeah. internet. Um, when that, when this Tiger Woods news broke, I didn't even see that one, but I saw like a million other ones. Yeah, uh, like you type that trending tag, and there's tons of people making jokes about what he looks like. I saw one today about oh he looks like a Furby in this image, <laughs> like just a bunch of like really dumb shit, right? Sure. Uh, and then it turns out he wasn't even drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was he, prescription medication or yeah, something. He's, yeah, yeah, he blew a zero point zero on the fucking. I think uh, he was asleep. I think they found. I think the police found him asleep. Right. You know, in his car. Yeah. You know. But no, I don't think there is a way. Unfortunately, I think it's just human nature. Whether that's, I mean, it, it's shitty. <laughs> but I'm. I mean, I won't lie. I'm. I'm the same way. Like I. I don't know if I'll go to that extreme where it's like somebody's having a problem. I'm sure people will pop up with receipts of me talking. <laughs> sure. But uh, no, I don't think there is a way to put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. But I think no. it's also in, in regards to like celebrities too, specifically just with Tiger Woods, like a lot of people just don't see him as a real human being, right? That's the problem with guys yeah, that get yeah. this big. Like Tiger Woods is one of the biggest sports stars on the planet still, even though he's not, even if he's not winning Masters Championships still, like he's a multi, multi-millionaire. Everyone knows the name Tiger Woods. Yeah. He's synonymous. He's ubiquitous at this point with golf. So I think that a lot of people don't realize that when you, when you see that image, that's a real human being that had to stand in front of a mugshot and probably had the one of the worst days of his year so far, if not of his life yeah, that yeah. night. So, you know, 
it's not I don't know. I mean the same could be said for for any big name celebrity, right? You could also ask yourself like how come well, I was going to bring up Trump, but I guess he kind of deserves it a lot of the time. Um Well, no, I mean like the thing is I just feel like it's a losing battle of like definitely of is. what the internet is and the culture we have. And not even internet culture because I hate that shit. Just us as people that we just want to tear each other down and do all this stuff and always jump to the negativity, right? The next screenshot on my slide on this topic, right, is from Reddit. I, over on Reddit, the Vita Reddit the other day, a kid put his Vita in the sand of an island or on a beach and took a photo of it and called it Vita Island. And like I was over there and I'm obviously in a thread like, this is fucking awesome. The amount of people on Reddit, on the Vita Reddit, that had no idea what PS I love you was, or that's a reference to us. I thought was really cool and like shows uh-huh. Vita's still alive. Like we always talk about it. Right. But then of course some people got into talking about it and everything else. Right. And there was a thread there that immediately was not immediately. I shouldn't say there was a re- thread that started talking about PS. I love you talking about Colin talking about him leaving. And then one that was like, it's got, it's got a fucking stick in Greg's craw that Colin's doing so successful. You know what I mean? That he's doing so well. And I commented, I'm happy for Colin and the success he's found. I knew he'd do great because of why would I fucking want anyone to leave here and fail? Why would I want kind of funny to be a launch pad to failure? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then the same person comes back and says, okay, I'm an asshole. No lie. Even typing that I knew it wasn't how you would really feel about where Colin is. And then he goes on to apologize and everything else. Thank you to reply. But, but I mean, like, here's my fucking point of how, that is way more, God, is that a punch in the gut to me more than the comment initially was. Of just the fact you've been following us since beyond and somehow you've missed the narrative I'm talking about of being a better person and being nice to each other mm-hmm. on the internet and not sinking to this level and not, hey, there's some, I have a choice. Is it positive or negative? I'm going to go negative. Yeah, but for yeah. everyone, and granted, look, I think, I think that we're at the beginning of this uh this process, right? I think that the, I think that social media has only been around for five years. So, like, I'll paint a different picture for you, right? Like, I see comments on Facebook every once in a while that are negative, but there's always at least one or two people in there that are like, "No, this is the way it really is." Sure, right? And that that person is the one that we're. Th- those are the people in the community that you can look at and be like, "Oh, okay, well, that guy is clearly like listening, he's paying attention, or whatever, or at least he's open to having a dialogue." So, I think that's a positive point, and I think that's a good start. And honestly, the only thing you can do as as people who are creating content is try to foster that community and try to and try to keep pushing that message of positivity. But you also have to, you know, we have to fo- we have to we have to cultivate that internally here. And sometimes we're assholes about that too. Like sometimes we're I mean, just mean to each I, other. And that's our biggest. I think that's the biggest thing we get annoying. into. I don't think this is it, but I think the problem we have is that. We give Kevin shit. You give me shit. We all give Tim shit. Right. Everybody's well, cool to Andy. It. Andy's too goddamn beautiful to get shit. No one gives Andy shit yet. But then we get, then yet. when the audience yet. gives us shit on Twitter with no context, it comes off way worse. Right. Same thing on the ride over here. Ryan McCaffrey was going back and forth with somebody. I was looking at it a second ago mm-hmm. to try to bring it up and read the entire conversation, but I think they've already started deleting tweets about it because it did escalate and then de-escalated because they DM'd each other and started talking about what it was. It was some guy threatening to blow up a an embargo that IGN says they're going to have an exclusive, but he already has the game and doesn't have an NDA, so why? And then blah, blah, I thought you're going to say threatening to blow up a building. Or something. I was like, maybe don't DM that guy. Maybe have him DM with the FBI. No, no, no. But, yeah. but I mean, they talked it out. But again, it's just that first switch of like, we're off to the races. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. so my response, I almost chimed in on the thread before it started getting settled on its own. But just to the fact of, because like, it was the normal thing of maybe I'll blow up this this uh, exclusive IGN has and McCaffrey going. Don't do that. Think about when you want to work here in four years, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the guy going, it was just a joke, blah, 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 blah. And, like, and he's like, I'm British, so I have a dry sense of humor. And like, I get that about you Brits, but we all have a... Damn. We, points we all have... <laughs> when you're putting something on Twitter, you all have a context. It's just a vacuum of context. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem when you know you're going to put something out and it's mildly aggressive that's going to get somebody yeah and, and that's a good point too is like intent and context matter right if you're just giving each other shit too there's 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 a difference between like you know 
kidding around and, and chiding each other and actually like trying to make a comment that you know if someone reads it's going to hurt them. Mm. Right? That comment right there, like it must stick in Greg's craw. That's a comment designed to hurt you. Right? If that person was like, if that person had made a clear joke of like, when do you think Greg's going to move back in with Colin? Right? That would have been funny. Oh, okay, cool. That's that's funny. It still gets the point across, but obviously that's not going to happen. Right? So there there is a there is a lot of. Uh, difference behind that but i also think that to a lot of people and unfortunately this is the big issue is that this is entertainment right people who people's are lives other people's lives are entertainment right i mean yeah. look at what the number one type of television was for so long i don't think it is anymore but like reality quote unquote reality tv is huge because people like to sit there and just sit in judgment from the safety and the sanctity of their own home uh and shouting at a screen where that person can't hear back but unfortunately yeah you know we've been conditioned to do that and that's what we're calling entertainment but now the people on the screen can hear you now they're like hey that goes back to my whole but this good. is my whole thing with the argument of like I, I mean, I'm not trying to sound sanctimonious here, but have I taught you nothing? Like, I feel like I've been saying the same story example of Jim in the office. You know, the office is terrible. NBC needs to shoot it. Right. And like, it's like the you're talking at the, the Kardashians are but, so dumb, but I would yeah, never tweet directly here, at Kim Kardashian yeah, because I'm deal. talking about the show in the moment and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But when were you, how old were you when you learned that, that, that lesson? I know, but I feel like I'm teaching this kid's been following that me since beyond, but he's probably 16, 17. You know, maybe he yeah. doesn't understand. Do you know? It, I mean, do you know? I don't, what I don't know. I don't know. And maybe he's like, maybe you just taught him a lesson, and now he's going to be that person that pays it forward. That's what we have to do. It's a never-ending struggle. The, I think there's just also like pineapple on pizza. There's a saying, um, at least in the UK, that you know today's uh, news is tomorrow's fish Rubbish. and chip paper. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. Mm. and 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 that that was true when twenty years ago it got produced and in a paper and then got binned and no one thought about it again. But now yeah. these things are in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. You can look up those articles those posts those threads in 10 15 years time they they have a permanence to them that that perhaps we didn't used to have in before you know the internet and and i think people forget about that they post it in the heat of the moment yeah or you can shout something at a television and it's gone and you can apologize for it when it's there and in writing in black and white it stays that much longer and it associates not only with the person you've said it about but with you and people can Go and dig up things oh, yeah. that you've done on Facebook, you know, photos you posted 20 years ago. And when I'm, you're going for a job interview, it's people don't appreciate there's that permanence to a permanent record to what you say and what you do. I've, I've said it a lot. I'm like so glad that when I was a kid, oh, God, I didn't yeah. have social media. You have no fu- you have no idea yeah, yeah. how glad I am about that. You have no idea how glad that I like right when Facebook started, like started to get big was when I started IGN. And I was around a group of people that were like. You can't type that into an AIM message, let alone onto the internet. Like yeah, yeah. you can't even say that to people in the office for fear someone else will hear that, let alone put it out in publicly. And I'm like, okay. But a lot of people just don't have that. A lot of people don't have that person, either that voice inside well, them, I feel or like someone literally around them saying, like, don't do that. It's gonna be it's mutual fair. destruction, right? Because by the time, you know, whoever is in high school now or, you know, has been raised with the internet and Twitter and Facebook in their hand the entire their entire lives, gets to running for president, everyone will have the same embarrassing shit to some extent. Yeah. on there you know what i mean sure but i mean look at even what's happening with like trump will be very telling right like he's he is the perfect example of a person who did no one ever told him to stop tweeting stupid shit out and he made it to president but now it's slowly but surely starting to backfire we'll see what happens maybe that will change the era maybe that just doesn't matter anymore and we'll be the minority of people trying to fight the good fight but it doesn't mean it's not worth fighting yeah. just because we can't win doesn't mean we shouldn't fight you know yeah. that's just the way it goes sure. plus you have to you have to be the change you want to see in the world right you have to be you, like i we don't have to change the world we just have to make sure that we are trying our best to build the best community for ourselves because that's the world we want to live in. Yeah. And I think that once you start to realize that it's not the 6 billion people in the world that we have to change, it's 220,000 hardcore people that enjoy us that we have to make sure 
you know, they have the right mindset, that we're giving them the right stuff, that we're providing the right direction and messages for them and vice versa. You know, because a lot of people, a lot of times I'll see people that I'll say something stupid and they're like, Nick, you, you know, that was insensitive or whatever. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, cool. There's a back and forth. There's a quid pro quo here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyone out there listening, I mean, like, yeah, we see stuff. We do. Greg sees everything. He, him, him, I mean, I know, but Greg and Tim stay up all night and reading stuff. And so, yeah, you know, next time you're going to tweet some vile something out, just take a second and think, what if this person actually reads this? Well, how's that going to make them feel? And is that what I really want to get across? Because if not, maybe retype that message in a more constructive manner and maybe you'll actually see real change. And why wouldn't you be positive? Why wouldn't you say something nice to somebody? Why wouldn't you say you look great or that thing you did last week was because brilliant? People well, don't think it's gratifying, but here's the, here's the rub. It's way more gratifying to give someone a compliment than it is to tear them down. And it's way better for your, 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 your physical and mental state to go, I don't like that person. You know what? I'm just not going to engage. I like that guy. Hey, I like your hair. Great. I mean, you both have great hair. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's better to, in that regard, it's, it's way better to exist in the positive space than it is the negative space. Yeah. People just don't understand that they, they can choose to do that if they want. And some people maybe just can't make that choice. Well, there's still room for criticism. I'm not saying you only have to say nice things to people, but well, I'm saying like criticism. Yeah. I know I'm just being clear. I'm just it. spelling this out because yeah, again, absolutely. this will be yeah, a yeah. comment. This will be a landmine comment on on YouTube or whatever. If people sure. who just want to be mean and do all these different things. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good, and it's an important distinction to make. You're absolutely right. Constructive criticism is great. Criticism is great. I don't care. It's fine. But there's a difference between criticism and hate, yeah. right? There's someone saying, Nick, I really don't like that hat. You shouldn't wear hats like that because it makes you look bald. Uh, you know, or it makes you look like Bruce Willis, which is like that would be a bonus, negative, right? Yeah, no, Great. Um, yeah. But then, you know, there's a lot of things you could, you could look at me right now and pick apart a lot of things, but that's what's the point? What is the fucking point? Sure, sure. You know, I don't know. I hear you. That's where I leave you. Are people nicer in the UK? You're all, you're all meant to be polite. I've heard the cookie stories. I, I am... <laughs> the cookie stories. One of the cookie yeah, stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm... The crisp I'm, story that got circulated on Reddit a while back or whatever of this guy... Uh, Waiting for a tr- it was the train got delayed or was running late, right? You heard this one? That sounds pretty typical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, and the guy went over and bought some crisps, cookies, as you call them. Like I assume a sleeve of Oreos in my head. Uh, They're kind of. I think we're. I think we're. I think we're mixing our uh, chips or crisps. So okay, cri- what are crisps? cookies? Um, biscuits. 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 He got a sleeve of biscuits. Yeah. You heard this one? No. And then he sat down at the train. The thing. Put him, put his biscuits down, open his newspaper, and the guy sat down next to him, opened his newspaper, and then the guy who sat down reached over and ate one of his fucking cookies. And the guy reading the newspaper is like, this motherfucker's eating my cookies. And he's like, well, what am I going to do about it? And he's like, I'm British. I'm not going to do anything. So then he took a, one of his cookies and ate his cookie, and the guy next to him ate the cookie. And like, they went, went back and forth, back and forth, till the sleeve was finished. And then guy t- who sat down got up and left, leaving the guy who was like, I can't believe this motherfucker's eating my cookies. And then his train came, and he shut his paper and looked down, and he, he had his cookies still in front of him. Uh, so really he was he was he doing was actually he was he doing was it to the other like, guy oh, and the other guy was also so british yeah. they just sat there that's yeah. hilarious yeah. 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 I, I think the um uh, we have a term called the stiff upper lip in in the uk which is this idea that people i think i don't know if people are nicer but they but they tolerate things yeah yeah i think we just we just don't say things we as as you say they you could be wronged seriously um <laughs> But you just kind of nod and smile, yeah, because that's the polite thing to do. Yeah, we I'm don't not have sure actually if people are nicer, but I think um, that got filtered out over the last 250 years. Unfortunately. Yeah, but I, but I think um, outwardly people are much more um, kind of vocally positive here in the US. Um, vocally positive, yeah, here. yeah. Okay. Like you know the service you get and the way people will interact with you is is much more um, much more positive. You, I, I mean, people 
joke and complain that service in the UK is is terrible, but it's it's just a more reserved, more polite. It's a it's a more of a kind of a neutral. Yeah. Whereas I think here it's probably more extremes. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big difference I don't between think European more, service I don't and, and American service. Like we have this un unre- like ridiculously relentless steps of service that a lot of people follow here, but. It's just it's also it also has to do with like we really like to eat a lot and we like our food fast and we don't have patience. So that's where that comes from. Yeah, and and, and yeah, Brit would never complain about slow service or poor service, but they would probably internally be sitting there thinking, "Well, I'm never going to come back to this steaming, place again." Yeah. They, they're never going to tell anyone. So it's kind of I'm not sure if it's more productive or less productive. I know. Growing up, I remember the tabloids over there being ruthless as well, right? Yeah. yeah. On the celebrities, do you see the same internet behavior from folks over in the UK? Uh, I think less so. Yeah. Um, again, I think it comes from that kind of politeness. I think that um, the tabloids are a whole another topic. Yeah. Um, but I think they they were very driven individuals and very driven organisations to to make exposés and to and to sell newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think generally people are, are more polite on the internet, but you still get you still get a lot of of negativity, and you still get a lot of um, negative commenters and and it's kind of sad yeah um i don't think anywhere has got the got the right answer yet no single country or single community or single um population has, has got it right so i don't know what the solution is i don't no. know how to fix it andy you 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 worked over in austin for a while with these rooster teeth fucks mm-hmm. a lot of them younger than you i'm right. not gonna i'm not gonna say how old you are because you're old as hell i can't imagine they're younger than andy a lot of them are younger than you i think like 19 74 year old man when he joins are, are they is the generation below you even more caustic more angry more prone to be like well it's snarky it's, it's hard to say because everybody at rooster teeth has a little bit of a following and they mm-hmm. like internet recognition much like a lot of us do uh i keep going back to that theme because i i can't really say that anybody back there who is younger than me like around 23 24 years old yeah is better on the internet because they love the recognition that they get from memes and funny tweets and shit like that right. so yeah. um I'd say everybody there was generally really nice because they're just awesome people, and we don't. They wouldn't want to hire anybody that's shitty. Sure, no, every every met there's nice. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's really tough to say, in my opinion. Okay, I don't know. I All got right. another for you, Greg. That's fine. I just want everybody to stop being mean. I don't want the default to be mean. Yeah, sure. Tiger Woods shouldn't be DUIing it up. Agreed. We all agree with that. You can report that news, not celebrate this headline, and then kick it around. Well, that's well. I mean, that's also fucking newspapers aren't doing great so they want they well, the New York Post has always headlines. been that way sure yeah. of course of yeah. course and but I mean that's, that, they're known for it, that yeah. but that's how the internet is what the internet is though sure. you know what I mean like you know what I mean but BuzzFeed I mean, takes its cues from that but the bigger they, yeah the bigger they are the harder they fall as well so that you know <laughs> how many other people were arrested for DUI in the last 48 hours Jesus you know um, but only one of them appears on the front page of um, of a newspaper yeah, but I mean imagine if that headline didn't read DUI the tiger imagine if it read Tiger Woods needs help like that's a mm. very distinctively different yeah. message that you're putting out to your Agreed. audience, right? And clearly he does if he was, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what causes. Maybe it was just a mishap of like I had a cocktail and a, and a prescription drug and it had a bad he wasn't drinking his chemical water? reaction. I still haven't read the article. He blew yeah. a zero on the breathalyzer, but yeah. so he just had back surgery. Mm. And so he was probably on pain medication. He was given pain medication. That shit knocks you the yeah. fuck out. Trust me, I've, I've been on it. So it's possible that he accidentally took too much of it and that that's what led to that. In which case, like, I'm sure they'll he'll be fine. But, uh, you know, we all I, and myself included when we went through like the Britney Spears era, 
where we were like, there, here is a person who is shaving her head and running out into the street with an umbrella, with yeah. an umbrella, and like, you know, assaulting paparazzi, and we're all sitting here laughing about it. There's a person in crisis, yeah, yeah, yeah. and no one fucking said that. Yeah. Not one paper. Well, I'm sure there was, but I can't remember one headline going like, "How do we help as a collective group of people this person that we love." Whose music yeah. we love? It's a, it's a mental health issue yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're fucking breaking down. Yeah. Like you have a pro- she probably had a problem with substance abuse. She was had a bunch of people around her that that weren't positive for her, and nobody wanted her to get better because they just wanted her to shut up and play her music and make money. That's fucked up, right? And we're all a part of that, so we all just have to recognize that as well. I think we also need to um, remember what the purpose of a newspaper is. Is it to report the news no, uh, as, a, as a public service, money. or is it to sell? Yeah, to yeah. sell newspapers. And which, which of those? gathers more interest and sells more papers on a on a newsstand and that goes for huffington post and that goes for every other website out there but again i need your clicks again i stand by the fact that if you can inspire people that is 10x stronger than if you can instill fear in people which is what most of our mainstream media does right now like how many fucking times you turn on the news and it's like crisis in washington sure sure, this is what happened in in right and then you get the one positive news story and you're like oh i guess i feel kind of good about myself imagine a world where you know, the Rachel Maddows of the world or the Anderson Coopers were like, hey, here's 10 things you can do right now to make your life better. And here are some new stories that are inspiring to it's you. Dr. Oz. You know, like that's why I watch like every just <laughs> fake medicines that he sells. And <laughs> well, I don't that know fake? if Dr. Oz is the, <laughs> I don't know if he's the uh, the champion of that, <laughs> that messaging there, but, but you know what I mean? Like, and, that, and that's what I, I you know, I, I know that we are, all the things that I'm saying we shouldn't do, we do sometimes. And I, yeah. and I realize that. I think and it's I go, human I nature. I guarantee if you, for the rest of this podcast, you're going to catch me say something stupid to Kevin that can be insulting is really is really denigrating. But at the same time, it doesn't, like, no one's perfect. It, it, but it is a matter of, like, can you choose to, to be in the positive? Can you choose to be an inspiration to the people around you and not a person who's going to tear them down for your own sick pleasures? Yeah. Yeah. Nick, what's your topic? Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Are you going to switch your back, your hat? To a different location. Do you need me to? to so this is, is going to signify. Yeah, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. While you debate the situation and how you're going to move it around, I want to say thank you to everybody who supported us on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Your name is not going through the infamous scroll bar. Do you want me to sing The Wind Beneath My Wings by yeah, Beth I do. Miller? I do want you to do that. Did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything I wished I could be. Second fly higher than a they don't fly though. Beagles don't fly you either. You are the wind beneath my wings. Ready for Greg? Ready for it? Yeah, right. Nick has a deceptively good falsetto voice. He has a great falsetto. Yeah. That's great. That's what it is. It's really yeah. good. It's really, really good. Um, my topic is. Uh, uh, I wanted to do this a couple weeks ago, but we didn't. We had really good topics, and so I saved it, put it in my back pocket. Now I'm <laughs> <gum>. Man, we had some really good topics. This is gonna be a shitty topic. No, we had we had I think a couple of topics go long, so I couldn't do this. But I okay. thought this would be really cool. I've always wondered when you see a movie that costs hundreds of million dollars and sure. doesn't do that money back in the box office, why people didn't go see that movie. Okay. So what I want to do with you guys right now and um, is watch the the official trailer for King Arthur, which is a movie that came out starring Jude Law, Charlie Hoonan, and directed by Guy Ritchie. Okay. And this movie came out and it did not do well. Gotcha. It by I don't I hate to use the word bombed, but it it it, it, bombed. it bombed. Okay. Um, I can pull up the actual official stats for you guys here. While you do that, Kevin, explain to me how we're doing this for the audience at home. They're going to have to just watch this, unfortunately. Can we, yeah, we can't embed this? Oh, we uh, can't do it. We're doing that? Oh, I guess we can do that, yeah. It's, we're still going to hear it. but I mean, because what? I mean, if it gets blocked, then we'll have to do a show without it. Remember, we're watching the King Arthur Le- Legend of the Sword official trailer 
brackets HD. It's two minutes and 16 seconds long. Yeah, it's got a weird little thing at the beginning of it, but... I think maybe we should just, we should watch it with audio, maybe not the visual, and then people can watch it. I mean, people, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't it, so follow me on this. Couldn't we do it, and then when we upload it, we'll know right away. And we'll can edit it. You could break out this Nick, part, put it up, see if it gets the episode blocked, right? I'm sure we watched about four minutes of Top Gun this morning. That will, that definitely got you blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It was the entire volleyball scene. Sometimes Kevin goes oh, in all of that. But yeah. uh, Nick and I can recreate the whole trailer. Oh, yeah. if you want. I mean, we could do a sinking a oh, sink experience for those the, at home. Uh, but I mean, yeah. also, why don't we do that? Well, then for the going to do the volleyball. Is that, do you want us talking over it, or letting it go? We can talk over it. Yeah, we don't Kevin, do you want to do a time jump? Right, so you put an edit here and you jump, basically, you cut two minutes and 16 seconds out. All right, everybody, so we're about to watch King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, official trailer HD. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and pause it right now, find it over this. What channel is it on over there, the official version we're watching? We're on the Warner Brothers Brothers Pictures one. This has 5,922,838 views. We're about to give it 839. So you can now play a game of when you watched it based oh, on our view count. Right? See how many cool. view- okay. So we're going to watch this and jump back to it. That's fun. What if the numbers got lower? <laughs> no, that'd be really weird. <laughs> Something yep. mischievous would be afoot. And we're back. And we're back. All right, we've watched the trailer. Movie did a worldwide, as of uh, as of right now on Box Office Mojo, worldwide $119 million and $900,000. Uh, but it costs a reported $175 million to make. So that's a pretty big loss. For them. Um, now the question is: I saw the, the original trailer for this teaser for this, which was very Guy Ritchie, very jump cutty, crazy like, yeah. right? And then obviously this is a little bit more mainstream. Um, I had no desire to see this film, but because of a set of circumstances that were beyond my control, Yusef <laughs> McGee. Right. I ended up actually seeing it, and I really liked it. Wow. Like, really? I was like this is yeah. I liked it. Uh, I, I mean, I, it's enjoyable. It's a very enjoyable popcorn blockbuster, okay. like fun film. Sure. Right. Um, so I'll open it up to you guys. Like, what, you obviously it came and went and didn't even wasn't even a blip on your radar. No. Why not? Uh, well, I didn't see that trailer. I mean, I feel like I'm always an interesting tester, but I just don't get to the movies or watch much TV. Sure. I was on Fanboys today over on Twitch, and they were talking about all of these. I'm like, I don't know how you guys have any hours in the day to see this much television. They're not married. This much stuff. I don't know. What one I'm joking about. Uh, but looking at this, like for me, it's a few different things. Number one, we already have a Game of Thrones. I'm oh, okay. I'm I am not of the mindset with the exception of things I'm super into like obviously superheroes and stuff like I'm not like oh man this genre is so hot right now it goes the opposite where it's like that looks all right but I'm sure Game of Thrones is better and I'm not even that big of a Game of Thrones fan mm-hmm. number two and a big knock for me is that with all due respect to all the actors in there none of those actors are ones where I'm like yeah like Charlie I like I like the first two seasons of Sons of Anarchy mm-hmm. but then I associated with him with Sons of Anarchy which overstayed his welcome and got so weird and diluted and ended awkwardly. All right, fine. Then it's Jude Law. I don't I can't think of another Jude Law. I, he was in uh, he was in uh Young Pope. He's Young Pope. <laughs> Is that good? I haven't watched it. Who knows. All right. <laughs> Same idea of like, I just, Jude Law, I know, I think right now, and he's in Sherlock Holmes, which I didn't see. I just know it from trailers. I don't like that time period, so I never saw Sherlock Holmes. I like Robert Downey Jr. fine, but I like him with Iron Man. I think you'd really like it. There's few actors that actually get me to fucking go, and I'm going to go see that picture. Mm -hmm. It's like we talk about The Rock, right? I'm going to still see Baywatch. You didn't like Baywatch. I'm going to still get out and see Baywatch at some point. Because I like The Rock that much, and I like Zac Efron that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in it for that. Sure. Like, there's got to be something. There's nothing about that movie or that trailer where I was like, that's a Greg Miller jam. This reminds me so much of The Mummy, The Scorpion King with The Rock, mm. where mm. it's a... Saw that in theaters. Did you? Yeah. 
I, the, I, that, I was back, that was back in the day when oh, the, yeah. there was nothing else to do. You're that like, was Mummy 2. Yeah, I saw that. What's yeah. out this weekend? We're going yeah. to see so, a movie. The, um, what, first off, it's not a Marvel movie. It's not a Disney movie. Uh-huh. Right. It is not an IP thing, that really any... Well, sure. You I'm, know joking I mean, yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. But it, it's not an IP that really anybody gives a shit about right now. Yeah. Uh, if this were in the Lord of the Rings universe and it was done by Peter Jackson... It would have made been noise. three films. People would have, yeah, <laughs> too long. Uh, people would have cared about it more, way mm-hmm. more. There's not this genre. I mean, I love the genre. I love fantasy type stuff. I love Game of Thrones. I love Lord of the Rings. I even liked most of the Hobbits actually. But there's not any o- actor that you can put in this movie that would make me want to go see that movie. And I saw it. <laughs> what did you think? I yes, I walked out just like. That's not I could idea. have not seen it, and it okay. would not have changed my life. Uh, but did you think it was bad? No. Yeah, serviceable, right? It was fun. Yeah, I thought it was, it was fun. I mean, there were some fun scenes. There was a lot of scenes where I was like, I don't want to be here. I thought the beginning was awesome. I want to go home, really. Yeah. Um, the uh, very Guy Ritchie sort of jump cutty sort of stuff going on there. In the yeah. Middle, when, you know, I don't want to spoil anything or whatever. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing that you can put in this film that would have made me want to go see it. Mm. Now, if you said, this movie is... There's a King Arthur movie directed by Christopher Nolan hmm. with maybe with like Fastbender as Arthur and yeah. Fastbender. You're like, Perfect, I yeah. would have given a fuck about that. I mean, here's my thing. My, did you see Dunkirk? Is that out yet? It's not out yet. No. See, I don't yet. even fucking know. That's the thing. Like, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I wish it was that easy for me sometimes because, like, I like Martin Scorsese. I didn't go see Silent, right? No. Silence. What it Silence. was. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, all right, well, no, that just doesn't. For, there's nothing about that trailer that's getting me excited, but it's such. I feel for movie makers, you know, yeah, what I mean? I in too, terms yeah. of it, because it's like, it's either your trailer didn't excite me, or your trailer was awesome, but it showed me too much. I feel like those are the extremes we have right now, right? Where it's like today on the show, they were showing the Spider-Man trailer, the latest Homecoming trailer, which I haven't watched, and it just kept going, and I kept glancing back and seeing new things. I'm like, fucking stop! Like yeah. I've seen four yeah. Spider-Man trailers mm-hmm. already. Stop giving me more stuff. And then it was. They watched a Baywatch trailer when we were talking about Baywatch, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck, I didn't see any of this," <laughs> like because I actually cut myself off from right, Baywatch stuff. Right. And it's just this weird thing of like, I don't know how you get motivated somebody to go see a film right now. I also didn't know it existed King when, until we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? And there was a poster on the wall along with that Lowrider movie with Melissa Benoist. Benoit, how do you pronounce Benoist? Benoist, Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, yeah. in the movie Lowriders. Which one's Lowrider? No idea. That's an indie, though. I don't think that's that's not a like, that's not a blockbuster. Yeah. But it was on the there were posters on the wall, and Kevin was like, "You're gonna go see King Arthur? Are you excited about that?" I was like, "I've never heard of it." Yeah, uh, and it wasn't until we were out that night that Yusef was. So like, why did Yusef want to go see it? Be, okay, uh, so he loves Guy Ritchie. He loves Guy Ritchie. Okay. Yeah, and he had not seen this. This is what played in the favor of us seeing this movie. I was like, "Okay, we could definitely." He's like, "I want to see a movie. I don't drink. He doesn't drink." So he was like, "We should go see a movie." And I was like, "Great, that's a." Fucking aw- he couldn't have said a better Speaking thing Nick's to Nick like Scarpino because guess what just came out this weekend? One Alien Covenant. And he goes, that sounds great. I've never seen an Alien movie. Should I watch this one? I'm like, no. no, God, no. You should definitely not start watching this one. What else do you want to see? He's like, I don't really want to see King Arthur. And I'm like, now I had just listened the, the week prior because I was down in LA for some stuff. Uh, I was driving around in a rental car, totally tearing that shit up, Hell to yeah. a uh, interview with nice. Guy Ritchie on Joe Rogan where he actually talked to him for like an hour and a half. And it was weird because it was a time capsule because the movie had already come out and I already knew that it did poorly. Mm. Like the opening weekend did badly, but he was okay. talking about how he has to make the rounds and like you never know how he was going to do and how much when he was a kid, like King Arthur was like the coolest fucking story to him and sure. he, he always wanted to redo it in his way and like picked Charlie for a different reason, picked Jimon for 
for a different reason. Like all these things he got to put together in his cast. Um, and I was like, that actually kind of sounds like a fucking cool movie. But like, I don't get that from the trailer. Yeah. You know, it, doesn't it, it creates a bit of a vicious circle, this whole piece to your, to your point about uh, Greg, about competition. Yeah. There's so much competition to, you know, every week there's two or three things coming out. There's Disney properties, there's Marvel properties, there's Star Wars properties. I mean, that well, I mean, it's, it's not same. even that, right? It's competing but, for your time. Well, well, quite yeah. And there's there's games, there's TV, whatever it might be. And so then, if you're you're a studio exec sitting there going, well, how on earth are we going to get any attention? Well, we have to pick something that is going to resonate with people. Well, Guy Ritchie, that's a name people recognize. King Arthur, well, I think that's a name that people recognize. So you end up cobbling together these sort of relatively known IPs or mm-hmm. individuals or actors or whatever it might be sure. and then producing an average film but you know I'm sure Baywatch got produced in part because it was The Rock in part because it was Baywatch not because somebody had a great idea and, and no, thought I'm they sure. could produce a, fun, a wonderful <laughs> film I can see how the, the, the meeting went with the first executives right yeah. they were like this they put up just a picture of Baywatch and then they just put up the rock, and everyone's like this. I'm in. Throwing it's like people are doing the you know yeah. Yeah. 80s, 90s a, stuff. Let's sure. bring that back. And 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 rather than saying to a great filmmaker, can we produce a uh, a great new film? People are saying, well, how do I get recognized in an in an environment that mm-hmm. where there's so much competition that I'm not sure that anyone's gonna gonna have any interest? And then it comes out and it gets a couple of bad reviews, and then people go, well, I've got 20 other things I could be doing with my time. I'll I'll go and do one of those. It's not. It might not even be terrible. It's just only okay. That's my question for you two. And I mean, mm-hmm. you had different reads on the movie or whatever, but was there a moment for either of you where Yusef's like, oh, because you would have gone to dinner mm-hmm. and then it was like, let's go do something else. And yeah. the movie came up. Was there a real conversation between you uh, uh, in your head of maybe I should just go? Yeah. I mean, in my head, I was like, I don't want to see this movie. Yeah. Right. I'm like, oh, uh, you mean maybe I should just leave? And yeah. Not do hey, a, man, happy do birthday. I don't want to see this movie. But. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But uh, then part of me is like, why? Part, I mean, part of me is like, why don't you want to see this movie? Like, who cares? It's a fun blockbuster movie. Get some popcorn and go see it. And, I'll, and, and your friend wants to see it and you're out with him. It's his birthday. Let's go yeah. see it, right? Yeah. Like, what's the worst that can happen? It's a hilarious story. Like, uh, if it had been bad and I hadn't enjoyed it, I would have given Yousef shit for the rest of his life for that. Yeah. Um, but I also, there is also a part of me that's like, you know, some of the best experiences movie going have been the ones that I wasn't expecting. And sometimes you have to open yourself up to a bad movie to actually have a good. I really liked the first like half of this movie. It's very Guy Ritchie. There's lots of crazy jump cutty things where like in that Guy Ritchie style. I think the action is superbly directed at moments. Yeah. Um, I fucking love Eric Bana. So you put Eric Bana on anything, and I'm like, yes, right on, man. He was the best part of Troy, second to Brad Pitt's abs. Um, mm. And so I feel like, I mean, I was I was glad I went. And it's unfortunate that every human being that should have gone to that movie didn't listen to that same interview with me because it is kind of opposite of what you're talking about, right? Yes, uh, King Arthur, I think, is probably in the public domain, so you, anyone can make a King Arthur movie. Same with the reason why they're making a Mummy and a Frankenstein movie and all that yeah. shit, right? Like it's it's a noble name that at least gives someone something to. Oh, hold you mean on the, to, dark right? Right, the Dark yeah, yeah. Universe? The Dark Universe. I'm sorry. Course, you I'm sorry. Call the Dark Universe. What is the Dark Universe? Um, but I really believe that Guy Ritchie wanted to make this movie. I think I don't yeah. think I don't think it was a hey we're a, uh, you know producers looking for a director for this movie. I think it was Guy Ritchie going out and pitching and being like. Passion I really want to do this passion project. It's cool. And I picked these awesome British actors. Um, But for me, like I look at that and Charlie Hunnam is not, he's just one of those guys that I look at and I just don't think of him as a big movie star. Right. Yeah. And he just proved me wrong. Like I walked into that movie thinking, oh, it's the guy from Sons of Anarchy, and I think he was in Pacific Rim and I I did not like that movie. It just didn't speak to me. Um, And so I looked at that and I'm like, 
and I hate to say it because there's that old divide of TV actor versus movie actor, but I'm like, this guy resonates more with me on like the FX shows. Sure. Like, you know, him and Ron Perlman kicking around some hogs, like yeah. some, doing kicking some, around some hogs. I never, I never watched. Uh, oh, really? Nah, I never watched <laughs> it. was it. a lot of fun for a while. Um, him, it wasn't uh, Al Bundy's wife. In yeah. It? Katie yeah. Seagal. So, um, so I see that. And so I have a little bit of a bias with him, similar to how I have with um, like Army Hammer, for instance, right? Every time mm. I watch an Army Hammer movie, I'm just like, I don't like, this guy in these movies. I like them as the Winkleboss twins yeah. in uh, Facebook. Got him twice. <laughs> yeah. Boss, yeah, he did the he double, the, double the pleasure. Did you but, see that they tossed him, Rock threw his name out for, uh, or whatever. He came up in some like interview for possibly being Shazam. Yeah, yeah. And Rock was like, I'd love to see that or whatever. Yeah. Just like, that'd be awesome what a callback because he was supposed to be Superman before that Justice League project. Yeah. Or was he supposed to be Batman? Whatever. He was supposed to be Batman. Hey, Batman. Um, I think they tap him for Batman. But like he's one of those guys, him and like Taylor Kitsch were the guys that like were trying, like you just kind of look at him, you're like, you should have been a movie star, but you just got the wrong project See, for that's, you. Yada, you're yada, yada. saying that he proved you wrong in King Arthur. I think he proved you right and with all due respect to him. And how, But it's like, it's a weird thing. When we watched Wonder Woman this week, I had that moment of mm-hmm. Gal Gadot smiling when her and Chris uh, Pine are dancing. And I was like, damn like she's turn around they're swaying sorry it was weird uh damn she's a movie star like that's somebody you look at and you're like that is a movie star you were destined in some way she's not doing and you know a season of ncsi right you know what i mean and not to mention that like she puts butts in the seat you know what i mean the rock puts butts in the seat you know what i mean that's what i'm saying where it is like i we had this topic before about comedies where i'm like i need to go i need to back the people like seth rogan and the neighbors franchise i'm like i need to fucking go see those if i like those and make that happen and that's the thing of like Charlie doesn't do that for me and for a lot of other people, obviously, and to some extent, you know what I mean? I'm converted now, though. Because it's like Mark Wahlberg, where it's like Mark Wahlberg, I think, with all due respect to him, in the, he's, he picks a lot of bad movies a lot of times. He does. But he keeps fucking making movies and people keep going to see him, so the, the cycle keeps getting repeating. Well, what's funny about Mark Wahlberg, not to get off on a tangent, but I feel like he's way better in a comedic role than he is in an action sure. role, right? I feel 100%. like he's actually, he's not a bad actor, he just always plays that like typical uh, we need a buff guy okay put him in transformers yeah when, and then you go see him in a gem like daddy's home and you're like this guy can this guy's pretty fu-. or ted, ted for instance ted right? was ted a better ted role too. For him, yeah. you're like this guy's Fun- fucking, fucking funny life. right or yeah. fucking loved him every time he showed up in entourage right oh, but sure that's yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. tv show obviously not a movie but like i think he can do it good was work a movie eventually but oh, it was a good movie it was actually a good movie i don't know if he was in it oh, he was a good movie he wasn't it yeah dude i never saw it legit I told you to watch it. It's you, not like yeah. That. Well, after Daddy's home, I will and, never fucking listen to you again. And Grandpa's. Uh, no, I told you to Grandpa. watch Dirty Grandpa. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it's interesting. But like, really, I, mean, I thought that was the other way around. No, we no. The, the narrative wrong. has sort of. We're, we're actually both here. wrong, by the way. They can repaint. We uh, watched uh, it independently of each other. Yeah, and, and then I came in and, and I told like, you. you watch it. I was like, I just watched it. It was hilarious. You should watch Daddy's Home. You're like, okay, we're bonding, and I'm totally. That's why I gotta get it. I gotta get to Baywatch and decide for myself if you can be trusted. The thing about Baywatch is that's that's obviously it just it just fell short in a lot of ways right it's a it's an enjoyable movie i mean you're gonna go and watch it and be like okay yeah like it just i think what they wanted desperately and where they were trying to emulate was a 21 jump street and sure. they just didn't yeah, yeah. it just didn't work right there's just a lot of jokes that fall flat unfortunately pacing issues story issues um it's not i mean it's if i watched that on on demand if i paid five bucks for it i'd be like okay that's cool but I was very jazzed to go out there yeah. and support The Rock. I love Zac Efron. Or actually, he's not even jacked Efron in this one. He's like shrapped Efron. Shrapped Efron. He's like so shredded in this. Point zero, it's zero, actually zero, one like, body fat. Dude, it's almost to the point where he you're like, ew, that's gross. Like you you can stop, poke bro. his spleen almost. He looks like a fucking action figure. He looks like a like a uh, Todd McFarlane like Spawn style action figure where he's like jacked out. But it's whatever. I have my own issues with body. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, go see it and see what you think. But I honestly think you're going to be probably a little disappointed because I think they underutilized The Rock in it. I think they did a lot of... I had made a lot of poor Well, it's choices. interesting when you talk about why did King Arthur bomb? Why do these movies bomb? Is well, the person I go back to that I think actually has it figured out and stick with me on this is Kevin Smith. In the way of, I have a podcast. I'm going to make a dumb joke. Yep. Now it's become Tusk. I'm going to go. Didn't that was uh, not Kickstarter? Did he go, did he, did he crowdfund that? No, I think Tusk was uh, independently funded. I think they actually got funding for it. My apologies. Okay, but he does this thing where he's like, I'm going to make these movies for my audience, yep. and I know that that doesn't work as a mainstream thing mm-hmm. but that's what hundred million dollar budget that's what yeah. mainstream's oh, yeah, got to so. wake up to right yeah. is mainstream's got to wake up to the fact that there probably is an Ar- king arthur audience i mean it made some money just not enough I, yeah I, I, on some of these things all relative as well it, it it if it had been a low budget film if it had been a film that had a name that you didn't re- necessarily recognize like lock stock or snatch people sure. go and see it with no expect i don't know who this guy rich is or go and see this film oh it's a fantastic sure. movie you go in like a Transformers and say, oh, I'm expecting some amazing film. Oh, well, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I think if you go in with these expectations, I, I suspect if you go in to see Baywatch and think, well, this is going to be terrible, but I'm going to go and watch it anyway, you might be pleasantly surprised. Like I did with Dirty Grandpa. Well, that's exactly what happened with me and Arthur, right? I'm like, oh, God, this movie looks terrible. And from start to finish, I'm like, I liked that movie. Actually, this was okay. It's not yeah. bad. Like, well, fun Also, fun I just don't know if they promoted it correctly. Like, yeah. So I don't have television. They did it first. And that's another good sticky. That's another good point that you bring well, up. Where where was the they had first really, spot that you like? I saw it on the internet. I saw it on YouTube. Okay. And so it played. It played. Uh, I saw the. Uh, it's the teaser trailer, which is like, if you remember, I don't know if you do or not, but it was weird and cool. It was just them running through like the town, and no. it was very jump cutty. You were hearing their breasts like jump cut, jump cut, and then they jump off this thing, and then it's like Guy Ritchie, like King Arthur, yada yada, and went into the actual trailer. But I'm like, that was pretty cool, actually. Actually, okay. no, I'm sorry. I saw it in the theater. Before. I played before a movie. Okay. And then they went to the more traditional, like, let's not build this as a Guy Ritchie film, which I think was a mistake because I think a lot of people, it was, I think it worked, that style at least. Yeah, I just, to me, like, I, I am always on the internet, whether it's on my phone or on my laptop. I know. I don't have television. Um, so there's no way I'm going to see a trailer through a traditional TV channel. They should have put an Overwatch ad in. Yeah, an they Overwatch. should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have. Yeah, that but, like, I didn't see it anywhere, yeah. right? And embarrassingly, embarrassingly enough, when we just watched a trailer right now, I didn't know it had... I didn't know the subtitle was Legend of the Sword. I had no idea that either. I thought I it was just King Arthur. Today. I was like, I was yeah. Which I is, like, like, you know, pretty telling if, you know, somebody who saw the fucking movie didn't know that it was called Legend mm. of the Sword. It's also sad because it was called... It had that, that title because... Name. Well, it's a bad name, but... they were, You know, they're trying to set it up for a sequel. So it's going to be King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, King Arthur, and the Knights of the Round Table. table yeah, yeah, King long. Arthur, yeah. you know. Spoiler alert, that's how it ended. They like, set up the Round Table. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's big, big, big change. It's unfortunate. What shape was this? Oh, so that that's leans very heavily into that joke. By the way, oh, what is dear. it? Is it is it a table? What, what is it? It's a, a big pinwheel. Sorry, we're just being super denigrating <laughs> of your people. Oh no, I, I felt <laughs> my, my people. <laughs> I felt, felt at home there for a moment. There you go. It was beautiful. Well, you know, I, I've, been a cheeky, a I've been a cheeky. I've been a If it had been raining and uh, <laughs> and the temperature was about twenty degrees cooler, I'd have been, and that's the weird thing. And what it'll be interesting to see is Hollywood tries to figure this all out because you know, like you know, not only did this movie not do well. We're talking about how Baywatch and Pirates did really terribly and stuff mm-hmm. in terms of what they need to make for these huge budgets. And stuff Pirates, like did, Pirates did better than Baywatch, I think. Sure, though. but they still underperformed yeah, for what they were did, supposed to do. Didn't open as strong and as it'll be interesting to see then how budgets reflect that and then how you go and activate those audiences. Mm-hmm. Of King Arthur wasn't going to be a mainstream success, but Guy Ritchie coming to Joe Rogan and telling his story worked for you. Yeah. So why not go do that with other places like Joe Rogan that have an audience that are open to hearing that mm-hmm. and then say, fuck it to 
going to do the entertainment tonight or the regular traditional tour, you know what I mean? Where you would go you through. both, right? Or, you sure. Know, I'm but there's the, I'm sure you got to make a sacrifice somewhere, especially when you're dealing with a smaller budget. No, I think you're right. And I think, I think that, oh, sorry, go ahead, Paul. Oh, no, I was going to say you need some brave people who will do some slightly different things with which may tank, but may be fantastically successful. Because I think sure. if you choose the average route, you're going to end mm-hmm. up with the average outcome. If you say, well, let's, yeah, let's put a, you know, a load of spots on on television, then you're not going to capture the audience, perhaps that you want to capture. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, but I think thing. we and I think we are seeing that. I think right, you you rightfully pointed to Kevin Smith, although his last movie didn't do so well. Um, but guy creators like that. But then I think they are starting to take a few chances. You can point to Deadpool and Logan as, as two of those chances, right? At the 50 million mark of saying like, okay, let's try this and see what yeah. works, and it really did in those two. Um, but yeah, then you have Baywatch. Which unfortunately, like, just missed the mark on a lot of levels. I'm not being funny, but if you spend 200 million pounds on a or 200 million dollars on a on a production, you you've got to get to a certain level just to pay pay that back. Yeah. If you if you're producing a 50 million dollar film, your your bar is that much lower. Yeah, you know, you're creating a, a a rod for its own back. You're creating something that I'm not, I'm not sure that people want to produce these franchises. But I'm not sure every film needs to be a franchise. Some films can be great independent. No. Small films. Definitely not, but that's not how Hollywood thinks right now. Nope. Everything's got to be franchised. Everything's got to be the dark universe. We're going to bring everything. And if that ends in a Monster Squad movie reboot, I'm okay. Oh, yeah. If that's the whole reason we're building up to that Monster Squad. Do they have to call it Monster Squad? Yeah, they do. Okay. Okay. It turns out that they've been super serious with it. Like, Mommy and Dracula and Bride of Frankenstein. And then it's like full-blown. They're bumbling buffoons (laughs) fighting these kids again. I'll be like, yes. That'd be awesome. Thank you. It paid off. So a slight tangent. That was Jack Black. That was the, the, the... In the UK, we have... 15 and 18 that's the certificates you get you get P- universal PG okay. now you get 12 then 15 then 18 so 18 I think is R or R, yeah. it's somewhere Monster Squad was the first 15 rated film I ever watched wow I remember going Good to one. the uh, my brother and I going to the uh, the video store and seeing it like some mm. I, I imagine it was on some like 13th uh, shelf yeah, exactly. only that, adults yeah, can get yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, watched it, and I watched it again like a few weeks ago it was a, it was a great genuinely a great up. film yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just watched it at the Alamo Draft House recently pop quiz Good stuff. what movie is responsible for making PG-13 an actual rating oh, I know this one what Spielberg film is responsible for making PG-13 Spielberg an actual rating film. Yeah. Indiana Jones I believe so yeah well, do you know Temple or not? No. Is this trivia? Out to the no, audience. We don't have a chat. Like, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> this isn't a, is a live show. Let us know, Twitch chat. We've done this before, I think. I think either... I think it was Raiders. Turns out it wasn't. Yeah, it was Temple of Doom. Excuse me. Ooh, I was wrong. This is Temple of Doom. This is where you get internet hate. So which one was the first? Red Dawn was the first PG-13. So on August 10th, 1984, only three months after parents were outraged over the release of PG-rated Temple of Doom, mm. Red Dawn, oh, a drama wow. starring Patrick totally Swayze, became the first film to be released with a PG-13 oh, rating. I was totally wrong. But you're kind of right. I like You understand how it part. worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I thought Spielberg... I thought Spielberg... <laughs> it was a terrible pop quiz. Pop quiz. Teacher in class. Pop quiz, everybody. Uh, who founded whatever country? Who gets all the responses? Like, well, what do you guys think it is? <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a vote. I didn't know I... <laughs> I was just asking everyone. I didn't. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't going anywhere. With this. I was interested. I was very curious. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to know. Paul Joyce, what's your topic? Uh, thank you, Greg. So my um, my topic is a deep philosophical one, cunningly disguised as a question about Star Wars. I love it. Um, so my question is: Does canon matter? And the reason I ask it is. Um, Obviously, there was a lot of Ferrari around uh, when Disney bought uh, the Star Wars um, uh, franchise that they deleted the whole extended universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my question was, did, 
firstly, does it matter? And mm. who should decide what is and isn't canon? And and do we actually need somebody else to tell us what is canon? So, for example, in Star Wars, I refuse to believe that Boba Fett's um, background was kid. was Jango. You know, yeah. he but it was. was. The, and have you heard about metachlorians? <laughs> <laughs> My view is that you know I can take what I want from that. Sure. If I want the extended universe to be what happened, and I hate to break it, none of these things actually happened. Um, so. You're- <laughs> Fucking <laughs> English mouth, my friend. Should I get in a galaxy you far, know we, far you away? You know we filmed those over in your neck of the woods, okay? So if you want that <laughs> we shit We threw you some here. business, some shillings. This is how you're going to repay us. So I suppose my question is, um, do we need somebody else to tell us? Whose right is it to tell us what is and isn't canning? Because clearly Disney bought it and decided they were going to change their minds. Mm-hmm. Is it up to, you know, in Star Wars case, George Lucas as the inventor uh, and, and an originator of Star Wars? I mean, it's just a more broad question is that do we need to be told what is and isn't canon and does, does it really matter? I do love that they that Lucas and Disney have their own historian who is the the holocron keeper. What, what's yeah. his name? He, so, is that something from Star from um, Transformers, the holocron? No. Well, uh, it's also from Star Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Okay, good. So he is the overlap. Oh, God, I was about to pee in a bit, too. Well, bring I'll me a beer. You go first, I'll bring you a beer. You want another beer? Oh, yeah, I love a beer. Thanks. No, thank Give you. Give me Red Bull! Red Bull, I'm in a Is that the Red Bull? Yeah, he's hanging, he's hanging 10. Yeah, but it was also the Crocodile Dundee for our good friend over here. Crocodile Dundee. Oh, yeah, Crocodile Dundee. Okay, So one of my... Cultural appropriation right there. My former roommate, he is the biggest Star Wars nerd of all time. And he actually wants to become the next holocron person, oh, historian, or whatever. When that guy dies, yeah. Whenever, yeah. Is whenever that how he, it passes? Well, we're gonna they're gonna try to kill him. That's the thing. Oh my god! This yeah. see that's a movie right there. Okay, <laughs> that's a good movie. That's a good yeah. Uh, call Kevin Smith, Kevin. Okay, that feels like a kind of eighties flick, doesn't it? I mean, like Weekend at Bernie's. What was the movie? What was the movie where the kid had cancer and so they tried to sneak into Lucasfilm to Jack? watch? <laughs> where they tried to sneak into Lucasfilm to. Did you watch Phantom Menace? Yeah, you remember this? Yeah. That was a fun movie. Anyway, sorry. That sounds like a documentary, actually. No, that was a good movie. Okay. Um, do I think canon matters? Uh, I I like the idea that there is an arbiter at Disney saying, this is what is fucking real. This is what's not real. <laughs> this is like, what happened. It's just like some weird authoritarian thing that I, yeah. I think is really awesome. Um, now, uh, are you... Like, so when Grand Admiral Thrawn was brought back in Rebels... Were you like Fanboys. as jacked up as everybody else was? I like I don't. Oh, that's the name of the yeah. The movie's called Fanboys. I thought you were calling us fanboys. <laughs> Sorry, my apologies. Uh, so was so when Thrawn was brought back, was that did that come as a shock to you because he was part of the EU and that was like essentially like decimated or whatever? So was that something that excited you? So I suppose um, I, it started to occur to me when when they just decided that two days ago. This was all canon. Two days later, well, no, we we bought the company. Wait, we can do what the hell we I like. I had a quick question. Was Hold it on. was, kept was the EU ever canon? I don't think it actually was. I think it was just widely accepted as good fan fiction yeah, okay. and distributed. But so, I don't think it was actually ever been like, oh, this is canon. So I suppose this is this is kind of my bigger point is that to me, I think you can read as widely as you like. Um, and you should kind of take what you want from it. That's just my personal view. You can, if you like that, you know, you like to believe that this is the way, 
you know, Vader came to be or the background of Yoda or Boba Fett's um, background, whatever it might be, I kind of feel like I should be able to decide and pick and choose. Sure. I don't, I, I kind of like the idea that I don't need to be told by somebody else which of these I can take and which of these I can disregard. So whether it was, whether the extended universe ever was canon was sort of, I don't, I, it sort of feels irrelevant to me. I, I want to be able to take what I like because I want to feel a little bit, and this is where the philosophical bit, philosophical bit comes into it, is I want to feel like kind of master of my own destiny. Sure. Like I want to be able to pick and choose. I don't feel the need to assign that responsibility to an authoritarian figure, but I completely understand why people do. And I, and it probably wasn't until that happened. I, you know, I would just say, oh, that was canon. Okay, well, so that's what happened. That's the background. That's the origin of Spider-Man. That's the origin of, of, um, of Deadpool, whatever it might be. I kind of, as I've got older, kind of like the idea that I actually can disregard or regard whichever elements I, hate I want. That idea. I hate that idea. Uh, really? I, yeah. So I, before, really quick, before I go pee, um, Nick it's isn't even back go, yet. I wait for Nick to get back. And I was yeah. going Tactic. into a long thing. You could have gone right well, there, so but I, you want to steal the limelight. I, I could tell you were going to go into the comics realm of all this stuff, and Maybe. I wanted, I wanted to hit that before. You were able able to do that. I'm keeping in the. I'm going to keep with Star Wars. In okay. it, but go ahead. So for someone who you can do something you, you for, know about Greg, if you like, <laughs> Watto. I know a lot about Star Wars, hey. guys. So for someone, and the <laughs> for someone who doesn't have time to digest all of this shit that is thrown out into the world, whether it's books or comics or web series or shorts or whatever, um, I am the type of person who, even when I get, when I think of. Um, if I'm told to read a, a Star Wars book or a novel, and if it's not part of the universe, my I immediately go to, well, that shit's not real. It's a waste of time. Yeah, why am I going to read like a, yeah. a fan story or whatever? So I, I immediately, I do think that it's important to have canon, and that's the stuff that I will follow. Whenever I ask for people about comic book recommendations, which is very rarely, I will often ask, what are the stories that like, really fucking matter. I don't want this offshoot series of Spider-Man where n nobody read it and it's like two comics or three comics long or whatever. I want like the definitive truth. With, I mean, sure. I know the definitive truth is like been told by 18 different people mm -hmm. or whatever, but I still would rather know what's the closest to real thing that exists out there. And who do you think defines that for you? Who Who is the arbiter of that? I guess friends truth. or recommendations. Yeah, but yeah. when it comes to... Yeah, yeah, no, okay, so, yeah, so, yeah. Like, okay. so Star Wars isn't necessarily like comics. I mean, you know, a million people haven't retold different versions of Star Wars. It's, you know, yeah, comics, yeah. there's all these different authors. See, and that's my, my thing, is that with Star Wars, I feel like there needs to be an arbiter because that universe is so vast. And yeah, the yeah. fact that this is what Star Wars is. We're basing off these three movies and everything happened. And I, I mean, as an outsider, I thought the EU was canon. So if it wasn't, it was just widely accepted. Okay. Yeah. But all the same that if everything rebels and all these different shows are tying into it, I think there needs to be somebody because they made that decision that everything's going to be canon. Right. Continuity. Yeah. Right. For me, does canon matter in comics has always been the thing. I'm always pro blowing up canon. I don't think there should be a DC universe. I think that there should be, Max Landis's Landis verse, and if he wants to come back and tell stories in it, great. If somebody else is like, "Hey, I'd love to tell a story in that universe because I want to use your Clark Superman," great. I don't, but I I think it it fucks up comics more than anything because people are like, "Oh, where should I jump in?" And I'm like, "Oh, read this, that, and that." Yeah. But I also think that the fact that comics have been so shattered and there are so many different elseworlds and continuities and pre-crisis and post-crisis and new 52 and then just stories that are told superman for all seasons i think that makes it easier to answer your question we're like give me some give me a badass book or whatever. i'm like here you go and then it like it's the example of yesterday leaving uh wonder woman 
Sean Finnegan asked me, he's like, hey, did you watch the Supergirl finale? And I'm like, no, I'm too busy. And he's like, oh, well, did you see anything from him? I'm like, yeah, I know, spoilers, she fights Superman. He's like, yeah, and he, she beat him, and then she, they were having a conversation, and Superman was like, no, I was fighting at full power. And I was like, and, and this is Sean, he's like, I didn't think Supergirl was more powerful than Superman, but I looked around the internet, and I couldn't get it, and I'm like, it all depends on what continuity and what story you're reading, right. and blah, blah, and if that's when it's like, whatever you know what i mean like i don't that's i think there's yeah. so many comic book stories and so many interpretations of characters there that i'm fine with it and not it doesn't have to be like star wars where i feel like there's one universe you're playing in yeah and i quite like that idea that you can just tell your own story and you don't need to if you're going to write a story for that go back and research what because you get into that situation where somebody who's read a lot of the comic books says yeah. oh well in issue 753 um superman didn't have this power and yeah, in, yeah. in in eight five seven he did you can actually just say well look it doesn't matter these are just different tellings of, of the same um of the same idea of the same concept yeah and and i quite like that idea that you can have like you don't have to then like um marvel did create the you know secret wars where you know the marvel universe and the ultimate universe collide yeah, and yeah, explodes yeah. and because you can just say, well, you know, this exists and this well, exists. And, and that's the exist. Achilles heel of co continuing comic books and a canon of comic books is the fact that inevitably you get to a point where it's like, all right, cool. Like, I've, you know, I, I was catching up on Spider-Gwen on a plane recently, right? And it's like, I'm having a great time. And, oh, hey, Spider-Woman and Silk are in this issue. And I finished that and I, that last page is get the next thing in Silk and then the next one in Spider-Woman and then back yeah, to yeah. Spider-Gwen. And then and it's like... Well, I just have Spider-Gwen, and that's all I want to read, and that's all I bought. I don't, and so I jump back to the next Spider-Gwen. It's like, so much has happened, I'm trying to catch up on it, da-da-da. Yeah, and yeah. it happens in DC all the time, too. That's why I love the idea of, what I've always wanted is, get an artist and get a creator, and be like, you have 12 books. Tell your Superman story. And they get to say, it's in this continuity, it's in that continuity, great. But they don't have to worry about tying it into some big event. Yeah. But, like movies, where I'm like, I don't understand why they do it this way, or how they do the promotion, blah, blah. Apparently, you know, the events work. The events get headlines. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, we're doing yeah. a crossover. Some it books, is this. Yeah. It is. I think that Justice League versus Suicide Squad was a great example of it, of just like, hey, there's this event, and it's the, its own thing. And I think there were some tie-ins, but it wasn't like I, I – it wasn't trying to contain that arc in Superman, Justice League, and Suicide Squad, where I had to read all these different books to get to where I wanted to be. Well, I quite like it when um, – I remember um, Nick and Tim talking about La La Land and mm. about what, you know – how do you interpret the ending of that film? Sure. And and I quite like the idea that actually it's there isn't an answer to that question, mm -hmm. that you can interpret it how you see fit. I mean, you can ask the director what their view was, but yeah. actually it's up to every individual viewer. There wasn't a right answer to that question. Sure. And I like that idea that we have that our, um, our own agency to, mm. to decide what we like. I know a lot of people stopped watching Star Wars because they felt that was that ruined it, the fact that the extended universe was no longer canon or... You know, certain elements happen in the prequels they didn't let's, like. So let's be clear. I was, with all due respect, those people watching kept watching Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> There's okay. maybe one or two people who were like, I'm not going to go see The Force Awakens. And uh, then they fucking went. And then they were like, I guarantee they went. And they, they cried oh, when they saw oh, okay, yeah, Falcon, like I did too. But you know, or, or it ruined that. it for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 um, but you know, to be, to, there are some great stories out there. And yeah, I think Andy hit the nail on the head where I think a lot of people like to know what they're supposed to care most about. And especially with comics. Um, there's so many different variants of everything that it's nice to have at least some sort of guide of like, well, this is the thing that kind of matters and this is the story that's just kind of fun and one-off. But I do think that like, while I believe that canon matters, I don't think that it matters as much as everyone thinks it should. For like the main Star Wars nine movies, right? I think that's important to have those go and it's all make sense together, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. To have some level of continuity and that, and that is canon, right? Yeah, but yeah. I also don't think that it matters necessarily. Um, like for instance, with 
with Marvel, the Marvel movies, like I don't think that they necessarily have to worry too much about making a Logan movie and have it really, really tie into everything that came before it, everything that's going to come after it, right? Um, like I know it's hard, and I know it's hard because you, you you're getting audiences that are are, are kind of fair weather mainstream fans in a lot of these movies. Like you want to appeal to people who don't necessarily know that Wolverine is in the same universe really as Spider Man. Um, but I think that you do kind of stifle creativity in that regard. Yeah. Um, but you can have so much fun with it too. Is what of it's course, great. of yeah. course. That was the thing I watched. Honest trailers, uh, the honest trailer for uh, Logan, mm-hmm. which and I didn't even realize because I, I mean like the Wolverine solo movies for the most part were fun popcorn flicks or whatever yeah. they left, with the exception of words which was garbage yeah, but funny. uh spoilers i guess for the end of logan which i thought was funny when they put in there whatever anyways when she when they the honest trailer made the joke that back in the which one just the wolverine was the one in japan the wolverine was yeah, japan, yeah. yeah. she he one of the mutants touches him to see his future and says you die with your heart in your hands mm. and then that was a callback it was it foreshadowed that in logan that he dies holding laura's hand and like I was like, that was oh, nice, that's actually. fucking awesome! And I cool. never even and, I, and like for me, it meant so much more that it was like Patrick Stewart, and it was my X Men that they totally fucked up and then kind of just fixed. And it was like, great, all right, cool. Yeah, you know that what I mean? Cool. Like when that you're cool. dealing with a universe that's just movies or just something, I think it's easy to be like, all right, cool, this is what it is. Right. And, and, and I can but, imagine Kevin Feige sitting there and having. I like the fact he has a plan, and I can. I like the fact he has a continuity across a a, yeah. a range of films, but it's it's that kind of broader idea I think that you you know oh I don't I don't like that element and therefore it's just going to ruin a whole I, thing like a great, another that, great example of continuity working I think and again these are simplified situations in Star Wars Star Wars mm-hmm. is Star Wars yeah and it's fucking movies and TV and toys and cartoons and blah blah I love the fact of like the CW universe mm-hmm. watching Flash and when they changed the timeline I had on the morning show reached out to Arrow fans and I was like did that get reflected in Arrow because I'm not watching and like yeah this changed like that's fucking rad that's cool that that just changed and like it's like one oh, of those because, things yeah Dig had a daughter yeah at first, and, and it's, and it's like yeah. one of those I think it might have been the opposite opposite I, no 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 you're right you're right I think yeah. it was a girl and then it became a boy but it's the same thing of like I'm sure that was weird for Arrow fans. I mm-hmm. guess maybe not because it probably got introduced when the Flash came through. Because sure I watched that crossover episode, but whenever. Um, I yeah, you know, I think it's cool. I think it's cool to have an official continuity, and I think it's cool to have an official canon because it allows you to do stories that we haven't seen before, right? I mean, you have to. You, know, it, you can't have Avengers without the eight movies that built into Avengers. Eight, yeah. I think there are eight, and you can't have those without some level of someone watching over there and saying this is official like canon, right? This is there's at least a level of continuity that we're all going to say, okay, this is this is for the movie universe. This is official. Um, I think it can backfire though. In terms of things like Star Wars, because I honestly believe the original trilogy and the next two films are going to be great, but I'd fucking love if they had the balls to be like, you know what? Let's remake the trilogy. Let's make, remake the prequels. Let's just yeah. go back and retcon those out and just remake them because, yeah, everyone's like canon matters, but in reality, like none, nothing from that series really matters. And if you, if you watch closer, you're like, there's a lot of things that they're just not like. I haven't seen a Metaclorian count in quite a while. Exactly. <laughs> Things like that, right? No one's there like with their... Uh, like, no that'd be great. No 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 last trailer starts, though, and like he's putting he's putting Earth Ray through all these trials, and he's like, let me see your Metaclorian count. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're, uh, it's not going to be good enough. Do we need you to run around a little more so you get faster. You have like 14 less Metaclorians than, oh. than Yoda did. So yeah. Sorry, so Yoda's going to kick But yeah, but I think that you know, at a certain point, holding too firmly to that can yield bad results as well, right? No, I don't think there's going to be... Well, maybe there's one or two Star Wars fans out there that are like, I fucking love the prequels, but I think that if you, if you were to tell the average Star Wars fan who's my age that, hey, we're going to remake those, they'd be like, oh, thank God. But you would piss off Joss a lot of kids who grew up on them who did yeah, like Yeah, but then them. they'd get more Star Wars and they'd probably be like, who gives a fuck? And, I then, and then I suppose what they'd happens have, if they'd have the Razor scooters, they'd be fine. What happens if somebody else buys it from 
Disney and then just decides. No one's got to no throw one it has up that much yeah. money. Well, this maybe is Amazon or Google, it's possible. Or, or somebody else comes in and says, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Actually, I've it, who is that arbiter? And, and it, Let's and hope it's not DC. You, well, you can understand when it's, Warner you know, when it's somebody Trust who. Me, they're the next to get bought by Disney, which will be fucking weird. DC would be awesome. They'll I know. On it. They'll yeah. just destroy it and do it again. I, well, I know. It'll, and then then we'll get the crossover Access movie. It'll be fucking rad. Remember Access, of course. Uh, yeah. Who Remember, it, was a, it, was a, <laughs> it was a homeless guy that controlled the power to go between DC and Marvel Universe and then he gave it mm. to a guy named Access who had a really weird outfit that he could go between and then the Lagma Universe happened but they separated that and then it turned out both universes were r- ruled over by giant mechs. It was weird. They was shook that yeah, we're asking. As long as well, they I mean, before it got blinked out four times. Ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with Disney buying DC as long as they don't redo Suicide Squad because that's a f- perfect film. When you win an Oscar, what are you gonna do? It's a flawless film, Nicholas. But now, now to double back, and I guess I'm not even gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To your point of like, I'll just that. ignore that, right? Yeah. This is a minor Wonder Woman spoiler, but if you but, but if you've been paying attention to anything leading up to this movie or know the basics of most Wonder Woman continuity, it's not. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. She fucks Chris Pine. She fucks a man. That's not where I was going. Uh, no, the fact that she's a god, right? That she is Zeus. She Zeus is real. All the gods of Olympus were real. So g- the gods of our planet <laughs> were. This is uh, like for me in DC universe, like Greek mythology. It, it, when Roman, comic Roman books happen, I can't get into Wonder Woman's story because of that. Even the new 52 run that was amazing. I started reading and it was her dealing with like all the Greek gods. I'm like, I just can't do it. And so I'm able to shut that down and ignore it. She shows up in Justice League. She's got power. She's dating Superman. The Superman Wonder Woman series I did love. They only toyed around with a little bit of him having to deal with Ares and stuff like that. Great. But in a universe that is like, you know, our reacts is up by the time this post. In a universe where they had a chance to make it all pretty grounded. And that's that's what they said they wanted to do to then jump to this movie now that is canon that is the third or fourth now DC universe movie that's just like yep and gods exist it's like ah but I already had to get over magic existing in Suicide Squad but I these weren't that wasn't a successful thing so I I mean they but Suicide Squad they implemented magic so perfectly and seamlessly. It's just such a good, good Don't man, fuck. Man. Who do you think, <laughs> deeply into my who do you think Tattoo Man is going to be? He's got a huge rubbish. role in this. Common's got a huge role in this movie. Rubbish. <laughs> I watched that reacts again like two or three days ago and it was... The Suicide Squad yeah, reacts? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what And then said. the Batman v Superman one. It's dead quiet I mean, and we just, open a bottle of bourbon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah. You just I look at each it. other with the I sat sadness. in my fucking car for like 20 minutes just like sitting there, right? And again, this goes back to topic number one. Why do we tear people down? Just like... I just I'm not I don't want to tear the people down. It's just this movie. Oh my god, it it just really really depressed me. Yeah, and because it was just a miss. It was just again, such a miss. Dude. Again, we didn't. I don't think we tore the movie down. I think there was a lot of like there was like a lot of constructive criticism of why the movie didn't work for us. And I think that we're not in the minority on that. I'm pretty sure everyone that went and saw that movie was like, yeah, we agree that it had no plot and we didn't care about any of the characters and it's really hard to make all these villains likable people because by definition of what they're supposed to be <laughs> they're not supposed to be likable but to the point where I was like well that was fucking 28 bucks <laughs> like the food that I bought and everything mm-hmm. at that well, and it was like a shitty oh, that was the worst thing for us is that you weren't you weren't here you weren't part of the company yet but that was the thing where we went to Alamo we were super went, excited oh, God. the pre-show started and the power, power went out Mm. And we were like, fuck. And then we had uh, people with us, friends or whatever. Was an omen. Yeah. Get the fuck out of and there. And it was the <laughs> rare occasion we had gotten Colin there. 
we had gotten Colin to oh, the Alamo man. to watch this movie, and it, and it was like fuck, and it was this thing. They finally came out, and they were just like, hey. Yeah, he said it was a sign and left it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the power was out, Lucky and it was boy. that thing of like, well, what do we do? And it's like, we're going to go. We found tickets at Tan Fran. We're going to Tan Fran. We got an Uber SUV, paid Aided way Hooters. too much, got there, ate at Hooters, had really mediocre wings, and went and saw this movie. And it was just like, fuck. Come on. You know what I mean? It was just disappointing, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. It was a le- just a letdown. Right, yeah. but there's a perfect example of someone that like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to go back to the... I guess that that is canon, but like continuity wise, like you just don't have the right arbiter of that. You don't have the right person or people or team looking over and making sure that these things, these things got off to the right start. Um, and that's why honestly, like if Disney were to buy DC and totally the destroy this, it'd be the fucking best thing. Imaginable. Cause I mean, here's the thing is like Warner brothers is in a corner now. They can't, they can't, they can't nuke it. No, they can't admit they defeat. Can't. They have to try to fix it over and over again. And one Roman now is our, like forever. Na- one Roman's is, and that's a good thing. Ben, don't do this. Stick around. He wants out. I know he does. He wants out. He's a wild fucking game of anymore. That's so, stupid. So this is the question: Should they, should they accept what they've what's come before and create things that follow on, or should they just say, "I want to create some good movies and create the best movies they can"? And 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 so that, I suppose the question about yeah. canon is that. Wouldn't they be better to create the best follow next movie, whatever that might be, rather than say, well, okay, so we've already set this up in this way, so we're going to have to follow that. No, that's a great point. That's a really, really great point. Here's what I think they should do. Recast Batman. Make a standalone, non-canonical Batman movie. And if it does well, like, get a great team together. Get the whatever the next Christopher Christopher Nolan is. $30 trillion. No, I don't don't say give Christopher Nolan. I say give, like... Give a Kevin Smith or a Joss Whedon or a J.J. Abrams. Honestly, the answer that nobody wants to hear is give Landis it. Or give Landis it, right? Hey, uh, how and great was Chronicle? How great was American Alien? Yeah, yeah. Do this again. Do this for the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, Fucking blow it all up and give us Batman sure. or Superman. So this is what I think they should do. So first look like, hey, we're just doing a one-off thing. It's not Batfleck. It's a different Batman, different team, different style, different movie. Like it's just for fun and shits and giggles. It's the Logan of the or or the Deadpool of the uh, of the DC franchise. And then if that does well, you start to slowly sculpt this, the franchises around that. And let the rest. I mean, of the this would be another. Away. This would be I, honestly. The, this would be a huge departure because it's not how Hollywood works, but it's how the internet works and it's how our culture works and everything else. It'd be huge to see them just come out and be like, "Hey, we heard you. These movies weren't great." I mean, David Goyer's statement I thought was awesome, right? The one we put out about That's Suicide what, Squad, what where that? he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, yeah," or maybe it was David Ayer. I'm David sorry, Ayer. yeah, yeah, where he's like, "Hey, yeah, I wouldn't. Maybe I would if I had known what I know now. I'd go back and I wouldn't do it. That it wouldn't be a world-ending threat they're facing. It would have been and like I think that humbleness is what works for us so well. And the mm-hmm. fact that hey, we're just morons making you content, making content we want to yeah. share with you. And so to have have a press conference that is wave whatever, but you bring everybody in you're like, hey, everybody, we heard you. We missed the mark. We're going forward. Wonder Woman will continue to do her thing, but now we are making a new Superman movie. This is Superman, that's Batman. They aren't connected. They aren't a thing. This first of all, you know. But if what, it works out, Christ we'll make it a thing. Why, <laughs> yeah, but why, why try? Why try to copy Marvel and do it two steps behind, or you know, arguably not as well? Why not break off and do it in your own way, to, in a way that you think will be successful? Because for the I mean, because this got. is the whole thing I think with you see with Hollywood, right? Is the in no the way you see with Hollywood really is just like trying to capitalize on what has worked before. Yeah, Everybody yeah. wants proven winners. I've seen that. No yeah. one wants to take a chance. Right. Yeah. No one wants to do that's this. What, that's why I'm saying. I think I think the big mistake that, that WB made was that they were trading off the fact that they would, they were hoping Man of Steel would be amazing and it unfortunately fell short. And if it would have been that trailer, it would have been amazing. What's that? It oh, would have been that trailer. It would have been amazing. Been, if it had just played the trailer, if it had played that trailer for fucking two and a half hours, oh I'd have like, <laughs> just, and I'd have walked out because yeah. I cry every time. I, I still watch that trailer sometimes when no one's watching it. Yeah. Not the... 
not the fucking dad version. I watched Jor-El the version. The Jor-El version, yeah. of course. I know exactly what you're talking I about. I mean, I just saw Christopher Nolan producing. I know that's I mean, producers, whatever, right? That, yeah. that name doesn't really mean much sure. in the film Clearly. world. But seeing Christopher Nolan, as someone who doesn't care about Superman, I was yeah. like, I'm going to be there fucking day one, dude. Yeah. The thing is, and that's what I'm saying, you look at the you look at the Batman franchises and with some some interesting choices in the 90s, there's been some really good Batman movies, right? Like There have been far more, far more good Batman movies than Superman movies. I say you start it over, start with a stellar, standalone Batman tale and see where we go. Don't make it about the Joker. Let's not get back into that trap again. We've already seen that. Let's fucking give the Riddler some time to shine. You know, let's give the Penguin some time to shine. Get in there, do it in a style that is very noir and cool and fucked up, and then you do the complete opposite with Superman. Yes, because Superman needs to be about the sun and fucking in vibrant blue colors, colors yeah, yeah. and not killing people. Yeah. Batman Jolly, needs man. to also be about not killing people because that's a terrible choice that I would have totally fucking vetoed in the room if I could have. But I'm nobody. Um, and go from there, man. I think I honestly think we're only going to get like I think Wonder Woman. And I'm with you. I thought Wonder Woman was a good film. I think that's the best we're going to get. Paul, you had a great. This, this is a great topic, topic of how to make DC. <laughs> how to make DC better. It's a great topic. Oh man, who would have thunk we'd bring we'll that back? Send this to Jeff Jones. Don't worry. Is this um? Well, am I, mean, I, am I, I canon to kind of funny? You are. You're canon. No. Yeah. Okay. You're waved your yeah. face too. But I would. That's like, interesting. <laughs> but like, I would love to. Cool, Greg's extended universe. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love. To, I would love to sit with Jeff Johns and like and those guys and like Joe Casada and all those guys that are like quasi in charge of this. Me like. What do you think of all these things that are going on? Like, candidly, do you guys have a lot of power in these? Because well, I mean, that's I've seen the whole great problem. stories come from those guys. That's the whole problem. And what was my worry with Wonder Woman is that it was after Batman v Superman. And they're like, all right, something's wrong. Jeff Johns is being peeled off of comic books and he's going to go to fix this, be yeah. on film, which is great with the exception that that's right, he Suicide Squad Feige, right? was already yeah. way gone and Wonder Woman was already way gone. But and so it's like you're putting, ju- you're putting sticking plasters on. Can you fix yeah. ju- And so then it is Justice League. I don't know how much there was there, but then you figure whatever comes after Justice League, which I assure you will not be Cyborg, as the Cyborg actor tried to tell you. But maybe this is good. Maybe this is good, right? If this was if Jeff Johns came on to to really kind of shepherd Wonder Woman, good sign. But I think no. I mean, I don't know that. I think Wonder Woman was already done. You think it was already I done? think Wonder Woman was already. I think that the train has left the station I on those. Like, yeah, I really feel like that. I mean, and it's unfortunate because Zack Snyder had to leave Justice League for some un, for some family yeah, yeah, yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah. But like bringing in a Joss Whedon to finish well, that I, film. Well, and I like, mean, it's the exact same thing, like, right? Let's like, go. There are underpinnings of what's fucking happening here, Batman. where everybody's like, I mean, like Aquaman's happening, right? And Aquaman's Mira already looks different than Mira in Justice League. Why? Because I think Jeff Johns is there, and he fucking wrote Aquaman, and that's what his Mira looks like. I'm sure. They're trying to double down on that. And then it's the thing of like, yeah, oh yeah, uh, only the cyborg actor at some random fucking panel is like, oh yeah, my, the movie's still happening, right? No, what you're hearing about is that there's a Batgirl movie coming from Joss Whedon. Oh, fuck, it's like, yeah, so yeah. guess what's cool. happening, everybody? These are the movies they're, they're, they're correcting, but they're not saying, yeah, and that Shazam thing, oh, sorry, Dwayne Johnson. And, and well, I'm hoping, jo- oh, go ahead. No, no, go no, ahead, no I was going to say that, that that's what Marvel seemed to have done so well, is they said, get great actors, get great directors, make great movies. And then that kind of built, you take an Iron Man, you take a Captain America, you take a Guardians, and then you, you build it from there. And as I think, Nick, your point is exactly right, that you, you create a great Batman film. You create a great Superman film. You create a great Wonder Woman film. Let's focus on those first. You then the the it starts to get some momentum. It start you know the 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 ball starts to you know attract some some speed, and then you can you can do other things. You can do more difficult things like like Marvel did with Guardians. Mm -hmm. No one knew Guardians before. Yeah, and you can do something. That's a stand. The success that they've seen with Guardians just blows my mind. Which is so weird to me because 
when if you remember when Edgar Wright left Ant Man, mm-hmm. the the and even Joss Whedon when he left the Marvel franchise, it was the idea that they're making us shove too much stuff in these movies that aren't ours. Mm-hmm. They want them to be John the, They want us to be the they're Marvel cookie cutter thing, mm-hmm. and like Guardians, so isn't. So what does that mean? I wonder to them, like to a, a director. And then what is what again? Back to Batgirl. What is WB promising Joss Whedon? They're just like do whatever. The fuck well, you see, want. that's what I'm hoping. I hope I, so. I was about to make that point earlier. I hope that. Joss Whedon is saying, hey, look at Avengers 1 and 2. Avengers 2, I was very limited, and you know, there's all the stories about what Marvel kind of made him do. And made I gotta him. make this next movie happen. Fast, right, right. right. Yeah. Uh, Same with Iron Man 2. They, they were very controlling with the production of, of Avengers 2, so I, I hope that he shows D, tells DC, kind of like Hideo Kojima's doing with Sony, like, hey, let me do my thing. Yeah. I'm gonna tear this shit up. It's gonna be fucking awesome. You imagine right. they Just are. Just step yeah. off. You, you think, know? but the problem yeah. is DC's in a different spot, right? You remember when, when he was... Uh, you know, they had Iron Man, the Iron Man franchise up and running. They had uh, um, the Avengers series was awesome, right? When they all came together, Avengers, we had Captain America that was very, they were in a very successful place that they could take risks. DC is not in that place. They cannot take risks. They have to fucking knock everything out of the park. Remember, they don't have, like, they have Fantastic Beasts now, but they don't have that mega Harry Potter franchise anymore. So they're, they need these DC movies to come through. And again, we're all splitting hairs. It's not these movies may not be critical successes, but they're all making a billion dollars a piece. Yeah. So there is that. Um, but yeah, where I think when they got to Ant Man and they got to Guardians of the Galaxy, they were like, "Cool, we've fucking knocked it out of the park, or at least won every game we've played so far. Let's give James Gunn a chance and let's let's let him just fucking be himself. Let's let him make Slither in space or whatever the fuck he's gonna do and see what happens, right? And they trust him with that, and that's great. But I also think that they're a lot more. I just think that Kevin Feige really kind of has a grand plan. That's that's a little bit better put together than 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 DC does right now. But it's also like with any company, you you have somebody who demonstrates some success, and then people trust them, and then they allow them to to be a bit more mm-hmm. creative. And and the I'm problem sure, DC the have way, is that they're starting from a position of sorry. I'm um, done. Go ahead. No, I was going to say they're starting from a position of weakness, and they're always trying to catch up. And there's probably somebody with a personal agenda behind the scenes saying. Oh well, that didn't quite work out. So why don't you do what I said you should do for for this uh, for this next film? And you have that Kevin Feige made two or three great films by luck or by judgment, and then people back him and say, "Well, yeah. yep. go in whatever direction, and we're going to give you whatever you need mm-hmm. to get the right directors, to get the right actors." How amazing would it be if instead of what I just suggested, they made a great movie? They they called back Christopher Nolan, were like, instead of Dunkirk two. We need you to make a Superman movie. World War Three. We need you to. <laughs> we need you to make a Superman movie that is in the Dark Knight universe. Go, and that's that's the that's the DC verse from now on. How amazing would that fucking be? Well, that's what they should have done. They should have taken the Nolan films and kind of. I'm with- sure. Again, I, I don't know this. I, I, I haven't yeah, read a lot yeah, about yeah, it, but I'm cool. sure some exec at, at Warner was like, "Hey, Chris, <laughs> I've got a great idea." So I know you just wrapped uh, Rises, right? And it sucked. It wasn't. No. I know you. <laughs> it didn't suck. Are we gonna get into that now? Oh. We're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna get into that. Oh. This is the not suck. The fire sandwich. How do I eat if I can't breathe? Batman, this? walk out in the concrete light of here. Or is it be in broad daylight. It's it won't look stupid at all. Oh, throw punches in slow motion that don't look good at all. The Dark 
night, but it's during the day. Oh, torture your only confidant your entire life until he sees you randomly at a table. Yeah, you could have just told him. Send him a text message. Oh, why did your knee kick so hard, but it never comes back in the movie? Oh. Nick has bad no, knees, too. Why don't you give him a super knee brace? Oh, my God. No, Fuck rises <laughs> into the ground. No, Batman v. Superman is a better movie oh. than The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I want you to strangle yourself until you can't see the light. Fuck y'all. Fuck you all. No, oh, jeez. Um, I'm, I'm sure at some point they had the conversation with Nolan. I, I'm sure, you know, that they were like, hey, can you shepherd this franchise? And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to do this shit anymore. I want to go make real movies. And then he made Interstellar, and everyone's like, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Because the Inception, that was fucking topic great. Topic four. Andy, what's your topic? Um... Should we, should we talk about bubblegum? You can do whatever you want. I thought we had a different one, but I'm, I'm down for whatever well, you want. I Don't wanna... fucking call an audible. That's not how this show is. We plan everything to the T. You're right. You're right. We'll do bubblegum on this channel. Time. We'll do bubblegum. We can talk about bubblegum. Is this gonna be every time you're on the show? You're gonna you're gonna audible, you're gonna you're gonna audible? fake you're gonna yeah. fake the fact. Well, that we'll do bubblegum another time. Okay. Um, is this yours? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just stepped on it. Um, so my topic is gonna be dog shit. Traveling to another to a new city. Moving or traveling? Moving. Okay. Moving your whole life. Much like I did. Much like all of us did. Run, run me through it. You're the most recent. How's right. it going? Uh, it's going well so far. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... I've become... <laughs> Don't say <laughs> just well? Yeah, just well. <laughs> Don't uh, listen to the enforcer over there. Yeah. Nick, there's a weird part of your hair in the back. Greg, can you see it? Yeah. Yeah, there you oh, go. Thanks. There you go. Appreciate that. I didn't yeah, think it showing off my camera, so I wasn't uh, gonna let it be. throwing you off. It's these throwing you off. Oh, these, these cameras. cameras. Yeah. Camera one. Nick, are you looking at my hair? That <laughs> what's that? That's sufficient detail just to check my. Hair. No, it looks great. You got you got that no, carefree rocker trying, hair. Though. I've been trying to copy your hair. I love it. That's looking good. You got the hair where you walk in and you're wearing tight pants. And like your your boot has a little bit of a heel, <laughs> and maybe you got like a six string guitar. Just oh, is it? Just, is it? Are people just, ready for this? I do actually have some ears. Should I bring it? You just go like this, <laughs> and it comes out from behind you like a fucking samurai sword. And you're not going to bring guitars. So you, you moved to this new city. Sorry. It's going pretty well. Why do you hate really fun, well. Greg? <laughs> Sometimes you, you know just. Why do you hate fun? Are you still mad about rises? It's not a bad. I'm not mad at all. The, the, trust me, the internet's with me on this Who one. Who scratches? Who wants scratches? That maybe Superman's gonna be a movie. Everybody looks back in five years, and be like, man, we were nope. too hard on that one. No, we're not. That was a good one. That was a fun one. That was a comic book come to life. With the exception, you want to know my biggest problem with Batman v Superman? Andy? There's the, my biggest problem with Batman v Superman. It wasn't is great when he shoots him around. When he drags Superman in and then slowly spins him around and knocks him into pillars. That's I'm like objectively, that's the only problem with the movie. Do you think so? Everything else was perfect. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> cut that scene. Anyways, the movie new they, they just speed that up a little bit. We gotta fucking just cut it out. This okay, need to be there. Okay. It's similar to Wonder Woman when she gets the sword. It's like, why do we need this? Yeah, that's a good point. So I drove across three, four different states. You did. What's, be what's between Texas and California? New Mexico, Nevada, deserts. Yeah. Nevada. I don't know which route you took. Uh, I don't though. know if I, I don't think I drove through Nevada. You probably just drove through Arizona, right? Yeah. yeah. You'd have seen a, you'd have seen a casino like. Yeah, you're right. No, I just saw a bunch of deserts, saw a bunch of beautiful landscapes. Mm -hmm. uh, but the process of moving and putting everything into my car sure. and driving for two night, three nights, four days, something like that. Um, have you all done anything similar to that? I know, I mean, you know, you were from Chicago. Whatever. Did you just fly over here? What sort of... Are you not familiar with the story? Huh? Well, Greg nearly died, I think. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not familiar with that. So story. I went from Chicago to Missouri. 
in I mean for school right mm-hmm. and that was going my parents drove me down dropped me off went back and then for like uh, Thanksgiving all freshman year I'd have a car and then I got a car I'd, I would drive back and forth everything else um, that I mean going there that first time going to college at 18 I was so ready to be out on my own and be not an adult but what you think is going to be an adult you know mm-hmm. what I mean I was ta- telling Nick the other you day could masturbate anywhere well, turns out I mean I had a roommate but yeah you could that's legal is it no, no. It's America, man. I thought about it. speech. Mean, it's so weird to masturbate with a roommate. Anyways, uh, it was so exciting to go there and... <laughs> with one? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you bring it Whatever. Kevin, check your fucking phone. Um, <laughs> no, it, like moving there was awesome because it was a liberation of like, I'm going to go do this. It's going to be brand new. It's the first time on my own. I, I, I'm an independent person on that level, right? Where mm-hmm. I actually want to go out and do that and live those experiences. And then I got comfortable. Yeah. There for, you know, while I, I did the four years of school, then a year and a half of the paper. And then IGN hired me. And so when IGN hires me, they're like, well, how fast can you be out here? And I'm like, well, you know, I started going through the fact that, oh, I have a house and I have a lease through this. And I was like two weeks, fuck it. I, I'll blow up everything. And I'll be there in two weeks. And they're like, oh shit. All right, great. So what I did is I rented a U-Haul to bring, because I, I, I was going to keep it with, it with my ex-wife. I was going to keep the house we had, we were the lease we had with her and our other roommate and leave all the stuffed furniture with her. Then I was going to take the uh, mattress that I, our spare one and take all the shit out there, right? And then I was going to bring out the car I had, which was a Mustang. And uh, hell yeah, I woke up that morning, uh, went, got picked up the U-Haul, brought it back. They gave me the thing. I went out there to hook the car up to it, and I read the pamphlet totally haphazardly i'm just like well i got time to kill i think i think it was that mike's wife was like gonna shower or whatever and then say goodbye and they're gonna go and i'd already loaded the car and i read the pamphlet and the pamphlet's like if your car is a front wheel drive vehicle this will fucking destroy it and i was like huh i think it is I called my mom she's like yeah that's all right you can't do that and i was like fuck so i drove way out of the way 30 minutes the wrong way because i was gonna drive missouri to san francisco drove the wrong way to pick up this other fucking sled for the car came back put the car on it then i started so i started late but i was going and i was excited and so i went from missouri and it was either that i could go and this is in what is this is end of february and i could either go north with a threat of snow or go south with a threat of tornadoes because they're having horrible rains from always pick tornadoes on this i have a i mean growing up in the midwest i have a a fear of tornadoes have you seen twister so fuck that i've seen tornadoes in real life or funnel clouds starting to spin, not like real things. I understand. But anyways, I was like, fuck that. I can deal with snow. I'm from Chicago. Go up, drive into Nebraska, check in at a hotel. Great. Go to bed. Wake up the next morning. It's something ridiculous, like four o'clock. And I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, I wanted to get the Rockies that day. It was my thing. And came downstairs and looked at the TVs and all the TVs were the weather channel. And it was like, there's a blizzard coming in to, you know, the Northern United States. And I'm looking at it and, I have to look at a map now. I think it's I-80 that cuts. There's a, there's a highway that cuts straight through Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and the blizzard was mainly north with literally a triangle going across the highway. And in my head, I'm like, I just punched through that. Yeah. I'm fine. You go fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go 90 miles I mean, an hour, how many miles can that be on. wide? I can get through that. Five no miles. problem. This is going to slow me down. Miles get it ready to 80 miles an hour. You just fucking so I pour man. the coffee. Go out I there, get in the U-Haul. And by the way, uh, when I told my father this plan, like I'm going to tow the U-Haul and drive across country, he was like, you've never done that before. And I was like, you never do it till you do it. <laughs> and my dad, yeah. now, and then you like, oddly enough, same words he told the first person he had sex. <laughs> the, sub- <laughs> the subtext of that story, of course, is my father saying, you can't do this. You're yeah. not man. You're not man enough. You don't know what you're getting into. I'm like, I'll be fine. And not in like a shitty way. My dad trying to, you know, yeah. Anyways, please don't kill yourself. I go and sure. It's still dark out. It's start, it's snowing. I'm driving this thing and the roads are rocky and I'm going, 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 going. 
and I'm driving. And what I had done is I used my PSP as my media player. And what I had done is downloaded every one up show, every game scoop. And at the time IGN is AFK podcast. And that's all I was listening to on my way out there. Just like, I'm going to get to know these people. I'm going to know the industry better than anybody when I get there. And so I'm just driving, driving, driving. And slowly it dawns on me that I'm the only car on the road. Like there's no one, it's getting snowier, it's dark still, and I'm like, that's weird. And so there's a Dairy Queen, and I pulled off the ramp and pulled in this Dairy Queen, it's all big rig trucks in this Dairy Queen and people inside. I walked in, I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, get off the road. There is a blizzard coming, you idiot. We're in the middle of a blizzard. I'm like, what, what do I do? I'm a fucking U-Haul towing a Mustang. And they're like, you, 15, 15 minutes ago, you passed a hotel, drive back to that. It's like, all right, cool. And here's the soft serve. Exactly. I wish. DQ. That's what I like about Texas. That's their advertising. Oh, I don't know that ever. Yeah. Okay. Bullshit. I didn't. I thought they were only in Texas. Go on. I drive out of the Dairy Queen, and like it was, it was super. It was a super simple highway overpass Dairy Queen. Drive out of the Dairy Queen the way I, you know, the opposite way I came. Come over the overpass to come down and go, you know, hang a left and go back. And as I come down the slope of the overpass, black ice, and I just slide, slide, and it's like one of those things where I'm just like going past where I'm supposed to exit, and I'm like huh what the fuck do i do you know what i mean and in front of me is you can't see very far it's snowing that hard now but it's just uh, you know i don't know what you call it two lane road where there's the one there's you know me yeah. and oncoming mm. and i'm like well fuck i can't reverse there's no traction it's black ice and i'm, dra- I'm dragging this fucking mustang of course so i'm like what i'll do is go further into it i will go further down this random ass road and in my head i'm thinking i know columbia i know missouri at some point i'm going to pass a church that has a parking lot i'll be able to pull in and swing around it can't take that long and you can pray and i'm exactly (laughs) i drive 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 down this road and i pass like you know one house 10 minutes later and it's it's barren ass nebraska it's in the middle of a snowstorm i'm going super slow but i just i keep going like i got it why what else can i do i can't there's no way for me to three-point turn this because it's now elevated too where there's ditches on each side i'm like i can't do anything and we're going going on and finally the real blizzard hits and the wind starts rocking me back and forth like it's this motherfucker's gonna tip over with me in it and i'm like i'm 23 and i'm like i don't You're know terrified. exactly i'm oh, shitting my man. pants i'm like and finally i'm driving 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 i finally see on my right this little trailer and I'm like, okay. And I look into the yard and you can faintly see the outline of a circular driveway of like you come in, circle back out and come back up. And I'm like, this is my only shot. I got to take this shot. I got to see what happens. I, hopefully it's asphalt. Hopefully it's gravel. Come down. It's mud. I get three fourths of the way in and just start spinning my tires. And uh, or maybe one fourth, I should say. And I'm like, fuck. And so I look at this little trailer that's there. No, you know, there's like a truck, but it's not like connected. It's just a mobile home in the middle of nowhere get out of the tractor or the uh, uh, U-Haul, walk up to the door and knock on the door. And this old elderly man named Earl opens the door. And I'm like, hey, sir, sorry, I did this. I'm stuck. Can you, can I use your phone? He's like, he looks at it, he's like, I got a tractor. I can pull you out. And I'm like, really? Like, it's really, it's a heavy load. Got a lot of stuff in this thing. And he's like, no, no, I got you. No big deal. I'm like, oh, thanks. So he takes like 10 minutes. He puts on a snowsuit, comes outside, goes into this little tiny shed, opens it up and brings out a John Deere tractor half the size of this it's like a riding lawnmower brings it out like this with a chain and i'm like earl i don't know if this is gonna he's like no no it'll work it'll work and he goes over there and hooks the thing to the u-haul and goes and he just starts spinning tires too and because it's, it's still snowing like crazy this that and the other he's like here's what you do go over to the you know because it's one of those trailers where you walk up the stairs mm-hmm. and there's a platform he's like leaning up against the platform is a piece of plywood yep. don't mind the cats 
bring it over here. And I was like, don't mind the cats. He's like, yeah, a bunch, of, a bunch of feral cats live under there. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. So I grab this thing and rip it away. And it's just immediately punched in the face with all this cat urine smell. Like these cats have just oh. been living. I'm like, whatever, got to do it. So I go over there and I shove it under the tires of the car and it's like particle board. It's exploding in my hands as I try to get it in it. I'm mm-hmm. doing the tires and it's just like not happening. And everyone's like, all right, you can use my phone. I'm like, all right, great. Get in the car, update my parents and uh, ex-wife, hang up the phone and then just scream and pound on the steering wheel. You know what I mean? Get out, walk in, use Earl's thing. And I, fr- I think Earl's in Butler, uh, Nebraska. And then this is going to be rough now, but something like 30 miles away, not far is Kearney. That's the next big town. And uh, I pick up the phone, go through the phone book, find, you know, hey, we fucking pull big rigs out of things. And we're you know, I'm like, great. Call them like, hey, I this U-Haul Mustang stuck. And like, yeah, we can come get you. I'm like, great. How long do you think it's going to be? And they're like, well, they shut down the highway because of the blizzard. I'm like, fuck, that would have been helpful to know. <laughs> Shit, that would have been good to know. And they're like, yeah, shut down the highway because of the blizzard. So it'll probably be six to nine hours. And I was like, all right, thank you. <laughs> and I hung up the phone and did that thing where I just took that deep breath. I'm like, so Earl, going to be hanging out with you for a while if that's okay. And explain to me. He's like, oh, no big deal, man. Blah, blah, blah. Come, and, on, come over here. I'm going to show you my collection of heads. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I put up a blog post when I first got to IGN. Not, me, I was in this entire story and then also detailing Earl's trailer because it wasn't like nice. It was like Earl was alone in a trailer and all this yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? And I think it was my aunt who hit me up and was like, you weren't making fun of him, but it kind of comes off at p- yeah, points where you were. And I, was, and I was like, yeah, he saved my life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I could have blown over on the road. I could have done this. I could, he could have not asked the door. He could have told me to fuck off. You know what I mean? He could have been furious that I was stuck in his yard. Yeah. He didn't do any of those things. He sat me down and made me coffee, fucking and we hell. hung out for fucking eight hours watching March Madness on a snowy TV. Hell yeah. And then finally they came, they pulled me out, and I drove back to the hotel that was 15 miles away or whatever and sat there and called everybody and updated them. Oh, actually, I pulled in, and I had, like, I'm exhausted. I'm emotional. I pull in, and there's a sign that's like, trucks this way and cars that way. And I had, like, like mental breakdown. Where do I go? Which one of those is me? Exactly. Yeah. So over where the trucks were, immediately got stuck in two, like, uh, rivets where I couldn't move the tires. Got out of the car in tears and flagged down a trucker. And I was like, oh, and he's like, I got it. Yeah, don't worry. And he got in the car, drove it out for me, parked over, and, like, where there wasn't anything. And then the next morning, I woke up to my mom calling me at uh, four in the morning. No, no. My mom called me at six in the morning and was like, she's in tears. And she's like, I'm looking at, it's only getting worse. Don't drive. Come back to Missouri. I'll pay for your flight. We'll figure all this out. And I'm like, all right, fine. And then I called Jeremy Dunham and woke him up. And I go, and he's like, hello. And I go, wakey, wakey. It's Greg Miller. And he goes, it's four in the morning. And I'm like, sorry, I uh, almost died on the way out here. I'm going to do this. He's like, all right, whatever. And so then I flew to California. And so he's like, it's like, you know what time it is on the Pacific Coast? Like, what? You know what I mean? Oh, it's going to be funny. He goes there, then he loops around. I'm going to make an awkward thing. Your brain's like one of those swizzle straws that like just goes all loopy. That's, That's very true. Yeah. That's true. So you almost died. And then you arrive in California. Yeah. You know, however many days later, a week later. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, yeah. How long did do you feel like it took you to get acclimated to the city? Like, I, I assume, did you have any friends out here? Or No, no, I came out here sight unseen. I, I got I got hired at a, a different IGN. You know, we talk right. about now where they're like, who flew oh, people yeah. out? And they got a SWAT team, and it was like seven hours of interviews. I got contacted, interviewed, and hired within 24 hours. Okay. Never made it, never came out here for an interview, never met Dunham or Roper in oh, person, man, didn't do any of stuff. so lucky. So I came here. I've seen your MySpace page. We like it. We think. Exactly. <laughs> well, they, they read my blog. It was very interesting. Uh, but got out here, yeah, and like to feel acclimated, to feel like it was normal, it took forever. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it, I don't think, 
it's one of those things like, you know, I just moved again. And so like now the how the apartment is starting to feel like home, but it's all, it's just cause it's normal. I've been doing it now in a, a routine. Sure. Whereas like, I think there was a different routine back then. Cause it was, I'll never forget coming out of the airport, getting into the cab and saying, take me to IGN 800 Marina Boulevard. And I didn't say IGN. And, and then I had to show him on a, I loaded my computer and put it in sleep mode. Cause I knew he wouldn't know where Marina Boulevard was. And I showed mm-hmm. him whatever, but then there's a big, you know, South, uh, South San Francisco mountain which isn't a mountain, but it's a giant hill that we don't have in the Midwest. And right. I remember looking at it like, what the Same fuck? Here. Yeah. And like getting there and like the first thing I did in that parking lot while I was waiting for Chris Roper to come down, I took really shitty Nokia cell phone photos of the palm trees in the parking lot because that was so, what a weird fucking right. thing for this guy from the Midwest. <laughs> like text your family back home. Like there's palm trees in the parking lot. They were on the water. Tricks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is it weird for you to be sitting in an office where if you look out the window, you can see the ocean? Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be strange, Like, standing on the roof. When we're on the roof and I'm looking out there, yeah, that's definitely really, really odd because 10 years of living in Austin, fucking 20 years of living back home, it's flat. And, uh, like, just driving down the streets, being able to see crazy fucking hills and, like, looking up and, like, man, we are elevated right now, you know? Like, it's really, really bizarre. Now, as far as the culture goes, the culture is super similar to Austin. Right, sure. Like, the vibe is different. I think I like it more here because it's so much prettier to look at shit here. Sure. Like, the, the vistas are a lot nicer uh, compared to Austin and just anywhere in Texas, really. Have you been up to Marin yet to see, like, the, the Redwoods and things like that? No, no, you nothing should. like that. Indoor. Yeah, yeah. It's indoor, basically. It lo- that's where they shot it. So it's crazy. Yeah. So I'm still getting used to it, but luckily I have... Not only you guys, but, you know, when I moved out here, if I didn't know any of you all, and if I had no friends here, I'd probably be way lonelier. But I moved sure. out here, and I have not only have mm-hmm. you guys, but I have, you know, Sean and Barrett and Best Alyssa. friends you yeah. made through the community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, people who are like, when I when I got here, Sean would be like, hey, let's go out to eat. Or Barrett would be like, hey, come over and watch this TV show with us, you know. Mm-hmm. And, every, and, you know, it's... It's been a lot smoother transition than I could have ever expected. Mm, that's great. Uh, that's good to yeah, know. It's awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, that was always the uh, strength and weakness to an extent. Thank you so much. I have, if you're watching at home, I'm doing this uh, community town hall thing tonight, and we're running late, so I'm getting really close to it, so i got to start okay. setting it up. Um, and I'll adjourn. I want this topic to keep going. I think it's great. Um, that was always the strength and weakness to IGN to an extent is that you worked with your friends. And I remember how weird that was when I talked to co-work, former coworkers and then family members too. Of like, oh, that's great. That works so great. What do you do on the weekends? What do you do at night? I'm like, well, all of us from the office <laughs> go yeah. to the movies or the bar or come back to the office to play games. And they right. thought that was so strange, but it was that we all were the same age bracket. We all had the same interests. It yep. was so easy to fall into like, of course, this is what we're going to do. We're all friends. It was a real, it was a really weird time too. When Greg and I started IGN, cause we started what, like six months away from each other. Something like yeah, that. Something eight like months that. where we were all like the entire editorial department with the exception of, um, a couple of the guys were pretty much around the same age and or maturity level. Um, there was Doug Perry, who was always a little bit older than everyone, but same maturity level. Well, like as, I always t- like, come in, me. like you know, it was that thing where we came in right as the old guard burned out. Yeah, right as the founders who right were, as Tal and Pear, right and, as Dunham was like, having fuck, kids yeah. and Roper was getting married, and it was like they were all aging up right as we all got there and it was like you don't get me wrong I, I, I was in the new class to this class but like Charles and Brudvig and Clayman mm-hmm. and you and like the entire video team and Brennan Ty and, and, and yeah Baradon like yeah. it was that thing of like cool we all are don't know we're all expats from somewhere else and we just want to fucking party and do whatever yeah that was actually one of the cool things too because when I came here I knew no one I didn't have a single person that I knew up north. I took the job it was my my experience was completely opposite of Greg's I interviewed for the job for, with Fran uh, because my buddy actually like physically put my 
uh, resume on his desk and was like, you should look at this guy. He's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine. I know you don't know me that well, but whatever. So Fran called me just kind of on a recommendation. We had a great interview and I didn't hear back from him for like three months because I think they had, they had another candidate that they wanted that I think was from, I want to say it was from Canada and they just couldn't get him. They couldn't figure out the, 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 like getting visa. him into the country and all the yeah. visa stuff. So they went with their second choice, which was me. So Frank gives me a call and I, he's like, Hey, how's it going? Really liked you. Look, we need someone up here. We need someone up here basically in the next week. Can you do it? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. And then I'm, I'm like, it was only, it was the first time in my life when I had committed something and then had to figure out how to do it. And that was like, I'm like, fuck, this is like, this is crazy. And I moved up North. I packed all my stuff, my brother and one of my brother's good friends and, uh, another friend all got in a car. We had a party out of it. We drove up, drove me up and I had found a guy on Craigslist and I called him. I was like, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to rent your room if it's still available. Cause it was in Brisbane, which is right up the road or right down the road from us. Um, and, IGN was in Brisbane. I had no idea that Brisbane was a tiny little town that everything closed at four (laughs) o'clock and like, I didn't know anything any better show up at the guy's door and he's like, Oh yeah. Like I didn't know if you were serious. I'm not sure if I really want you to be here. And I'm like, well, why don't we have a uh, interview right now? And if you like me, I'll stay. And if not, I'm totally fucked. So, <laughs> like, we should figure that out right <laughs> now. So, if you like me or not. so I was like, look, I'm, I don't need to commit to anything. Like, like whatever. I'm like, just give me a month. If you don't like me, I'll find another place. It's not a big deal. So the guy was like, yeah, totally cool. And he had the world's weirdest cat. And then I ended up leaving quickly afterward. Anyway, but yeah, we all got together. And it was me. And it was my buddy Brennan. And it was Fran. And it was Eric. And all of us were from different parts. Like, Eric was from Florida. Fran's from Chicago. Brennan's from Louisiana. His friend Craig was from Louisiana. And we all were of the same age and all found each other and just instantly clicked and I was like thank god and I remember knowing that Brennan was going to be my best like one of my best friends forever because like the very like one of the first nights I was there he was like hey man uh, a bunch of us are going to go get some Taco Bell and go back to my house and watch uh, movies and play some games you down I'm like Let's yeah, do I it. can get behind that. <laughs> so I yeah. definitely can get behind that. that. By the way, I was on a low carb diet back then, and there's nothing worse than trying to explain to the person behind back, back then. Back then, <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically for this story, because every time he had a, he, uh, Brennan uh, lived in Foster City with uh, uh, with my buddy Craig, and they lived in a one bedroom ap- apartment, and Brennan slept on the couch, and Craig slept in the room. I have, to this day, I have no idea why, because it was Brennan's apartment, but um, we used to go to Taco Bell, which is a block and a half away, and I would order a bowl of meat every time. I'd be like, "Can you just put three sides meat. of meat?" In just, a bowl with some hot sauce and some and some and every time without fail, they're like, "Don't they had, disrespect us." They had to go the get the manager out. and be like, "Is this something we could do? Is this like <laughs> is this something people like, do?" To, here? I saw him like having to see plus plus hack science? the fucking computer to figure out how to get that to print in the back. And eventually, they just figured it out. Um, but yeah, it took me a while to adjust. In fact, I don't think I ever fully adjusted. I love San Francisco. I love Northern California, but I always feel a little displaced sometimes too. When I go back to SoCal, I'm like, I don't really belong there either. And up here, I'm like. I guess this is my life and it's beautiful and there are mm. way worse places to live. But in the back of my brain, I never actually thought I'm, and I still to say, I don't think I'm going to spend the rest of my life in Northern California. At some point I'm like, I'm going to go back down to, to LA or SoCal and just and, and be down there for the rest of my life. It's a very strange feeling. Interesting. Yeah. So, so I was going to say when I am, um, when I finished university, um, Uni, as y'all call it, we call it uni. Indeed, yeah. I like. I, I feel so at home. I, I, I know a lot. Andy. I know a lot about the UK. And you, you, can you like for a while? Should... I have to go to the loo and get <laughs> some biscuits. <laughs> get some biscuits oh. and take the. Lift. Don't eat the biscuits out of the bathroom. And by the way, when you walk between <laughs> that floor and that floor, you have to mind the gap. That's what you have to do. Shout you out to London. You so much on your trip to London. I do. I fucking love London. By oh. the way, I'm giving you guys shit, but my wife lo- lived in London for a while. And uh, she, it was just the best experience. We had ever. a great meetup in uh, South Kent. It was fun. That was great. That was okay, good. so while you anyway, were at sorry. uni, so I was, so I'm, 
I was at uni and I uh, applied for jobs in London. This was, I'm just going to share my age here, the dot-com bubble that just burst, mm -hmm. the, the finance industry where I was looking to apply for jobs. They, no one was recruiting, so I took a year out and basically dosed around for a year. Um, I went to like... Can you explain what that word means? Dost. Sorry, <laughs> apologies. Um, like disc operating. I'm not sure what the. Yeah, yeah. See that? I'm just. I'm not I'm sure fucking, what the translation. I'm, I'm not sure what, what the means. translation. Is. People can extrapolate. Yeah, quite. You just yeah. fucked around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you fucked up. Pissed fucked off. off. You pissed off for a while. Yeah. yeah. So basically, like Thailand, Bali, Australia, That's New awesome. Zealand, um, across the states. Great fun. Uh, came back uh, to my to my home. Um, found my parents had divorced. Whoa. Which, which is a bit of a shock. Did they not tell you that? They didn't get a letter I, I kind of had a, yeah, I got a notice from the lawyers. Um, I had a bit of an indication, but I came back and they were like, oh, yeah, and we're selling your family home. Oh, by the way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so you're homeless. So I literally, I literally came back, was homeless. I, um, had, I, I went actually, I came, I went down to London to see some friends who'd already moved there straight out of university. So they moved out a year kind of before and they were like, Sorry, uh, Joycey, which is what they call me. Joycey. They're, like, they're like, Joycey, what, what, why have you brought all your, um, why have they brought His all your stuff? Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and it's complex. I mean, people in the UK are very sophisticated. They do. They're so creative. They're like, Joycey, why, why have you brought your, um, your uh, entire rucksack down? Are you staying for like a month? And I was like, no, this is all my belongings in a bag. They sold everything else. I don't, don't have anything else. <laughs> That's fucked up. I was like, so carrying it around. Um, me and my best friend from home, my oldest friend, um, a guy called Rich. Um, came down to London, like looked around a few places, found a found a place. We got we made an offer on it to stay there. Got rejected. Ended up staying with one of his friends. He's a he's an actor. He was going to drama school, so we kind of moved down with a friend of his. Didn't know no job, living in London, which is you know apart from San Francisco, about the most expensive place <laughs> in the world you can live. Um, with no money, just been traveling for like a year. Um, so I used all you just whatever. Done. I was yeah. going to say savings. I don't have any savings. No savings, you, just the money you had. You, yeah, exactly. Burnt, had already burnt through the overdrafts I had, moved down. And it's amazing when you're motivated to find a job, how effective you can be. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, it's really funny. I look back now and think I had like Kinda. six, eight weeks. Yeah. Six, eight weeks um, where I could have just been enjoying myself in London, no job, nothing. But at the time, I was frantically panicking. Yeah, how I was going to pay the next yeah. next uh, next um, rent rent bill. Um, found a job, fortunately, at a place called PwC, which is a large professional services firm. Joined there, and it was great. But it was like the panic and loneliness, and um, just kind of. I don't know, the, um, the the kind of uncomfortableness of being, like, it wasn't even, the new city was one thing, and that was pretty bad, um, but it's London, so it's great. Not having a job, that has its own kind of panics, but then also this kind of idea that I didn't have anywhere to go back to. It wasn't like I couldn't, I, I, I'm sure I could have, like, gone and stayed with one of my parents sure. somewhere, but, you're like, that place that you called home, that kind of that rock, that foundation that you have just had kind of vanished and I yeah. suddenly felt ankleless and like drifting. I was in London. I was sleep. I literally, the first few nights I was sleeping on, first of all, the floor. Then I eventually got a, like an inflatable mattress and I slept on that. And then eventually, like when when all the, um, my belongings kind of got released from whatever, you know, security they had on them. <laughs> like, you know, after having the divorce, everything got put somewhere. Like I got that down. You got I actually Star started Wars to feel at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's me and inflatable mattress and my, you know, my mask collection. You know, or he bad figures. Mama, my mask. Mask! 
mask. What? Right there. It's a oh, show. Fucking Nick, will you wrap the show for me? So anyway, I, sorry, this is yeah. a great topic. Keep going. Yeah, I just got to go do this thing you. I did. You're not mad, right? You understand? Go do your thing. So for... um. Every, you know, this is a question I'll put to you guys. Like, do you feel like this is some level of rite of passage, right? Do you feel like people need to do this in their life at some point? No. No? no. You think you, you, it's okay to grow up and live and die in the same town you grew up yeah, in? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I'm talking like cross-country sort of sure. adventures. I, I don't think that's a rite of passage. I don't think anybody needs to necessarily do that. I think it's cool to to see different parts of the world that you may not have necessarily seen mm-hmm. if you stayed back home. Um, but there is a nice comfort about home where you, your family there and your friends are there and that's where you grew up and everything's very familiar or whatever. Um, I do think it's important to get out of your parents' place and maybe move a couple cities down just to be away sure. a little bit. But sure. I don't think you have to move across the country. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of... I, I'm. Not just to disagree with Andy. I, sure. I hate to disagree with Andy. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I, um, so I, I had this interesting conversation with my girlfriend, Dylan, um, about going on holiday. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit like that. I like that familiarity of sure. somewhere that you've been before. But then I, I, I said, actually, there's you know, everywhere is a new place until you've been there. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you. I, I, I kind of like the idea of going somewhere new. I like the idea of experiencing something new because until you have, you you kind of fail to realize that there is a bigger world out there. Um, but I do like I do like the familiarity of, of places that you know, whether it's home or whether it's... Sure. Yeah, but I do think you need to kind of get out of, out of your initial radius to just kind of experience some of that and to know... So you can compare and contrast. You don't know what you're going to like until you partly what you know what you're going to dislike. I was uh, I was not a huge advocate of traveling until I met my wife. Uh, she travels for leisure and for pleasure, and I used to travel a lot for work. So I always yeah. think travel is synonymous with work, where you'd go, have to do a job, have to figure out how to do this complex job in a new setting where you don't have all your resources. Yeah. It was very stressful, and to this day, I think that really conditioned me to kind of be averse to traveling. Um, the great thing, though, is, and, and I do really cite London for this, London was the first time I landed in a city, and I was taken by it. And I was like... I want to spend more time here. And I met all you guys out there and I met, you know, we had that Tom put together that kind of yeah, last yeah. minute meet and greet. Shout with out him. to T-Hawk. Shout out to big, big old Tizzles. Um, he put Never together that. that. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, what can I call him? I call him the tiddly winks. Uh, <laughs> He put together that incredibly, incredibly racially insensitive and culturally insensitive, uh, uh, you know, promotional image and everyone came out. Nick is the beef eater. It was beautiful. beautiful. Um, But honestly, I walked around and part of the reason why I wanted to do that was because I was like, I am enjoying the city so much that like I feel like if I left without meeting all the best friends here or at least the people that I could gather in five hours of fucking, you know, promotion or whatever, like I, I would be remiss if I didn't do that. And when everyone came out. Which, by the way, that bar was like a block away from where I was staying. Oh, was it? Yeah, we were staying in like a cool little... a nice part of the world. Well, we save up, but we like to splurge when we go in these hotels. And we oh, had, yeah. We had, yeah, we went to... the Morocco was the other leg, so that was a lot cheaper than, than London Lake. Yeah, yeah. Um, with that. the exception of when we went glamping, which was a terrible experience. But I think you really do... Um, you start to appreciate a couple things. Uh, you start to appreciate your your where you live. When you travel. Yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, it kind of gives you a good appreciation for like the comforts of home. But I think you also, and this is what I'm always mystified by, you always you start to really realize that everyone deep down is the same when you travel. And I think that's a very important thing. Like when you go to London, I've been to Morocco, I've been to all sorts of places now, all over Europe, um, South America, Central America rather. Um, 
everyone is just there's just a lot of human beings down there doing their thing yeah and you, and you got a lot more in common with them than you do the opposite if you just yeah, if you yeah. just kind of you know take the time to actually talk to people um but yeah i've actually got the travel bug and we're going back uh, for our anniversary this year our five year anniversary we're going to copenhagen i've never been to denmark before oh cool so i think that'd be kind of fun not i don't think it's gonna be london okay i think i think i'm gonna miss london but uh but yeah there is something about y'all city that uh is pretty pretty fucking awesome oh, you're always welcome back well, I appreciate that. Well, uh, I appreciate that. I'm going to pick you up. Uh, last question for you, though. Do you think that my parents did the same thing? Well, not the same thing to me that, that your parents did to you. But at one point, my, my I remember just distinctly getting a call from my, my mom. I think I was like 21 at the time. And she's like, hey, all those bills I'm paying for right now and all the food that I'm buying you, I'm not doing that anymore. Bye. <laughs> Click. <laughs> You have like she was basically like you have one month to come up with an extra like eight hundred bucks and I was like fuck damn I don't know how to do that and yeah. like of course you have to figure that out right you have to like you have to, and you're right you're never you never figure something out until you're forced to figure it out yeah, I, I think agree. that's an important rite of passage that's kind of what I was alluding to was like at some point you have to think to yourself I need to be my own person I, for I, better I, or for worse it's kind of amazing what you can do when you have that duress or that um, necessity to do something and I think you can do. You can do a lot more than you would expect to do when you are forced to do it. Yeah. And, and that's not to say I think that's a good situation to find yourself in, well, but, but sometimes it's quite life-affirming to I know think you're learning. But I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, a growth yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think it's a good opportunity for you to go, I don't think I can do this. And then when you do it, you go, fuck, I could. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah, yeah. really great. What else can I do, right? And that was important for me. Like I would not have been able to pick up that phone and say yes to that offer from Fran to go to IGN without having been cut off from all my parents' support. Granted, I mean, I say cut off. My mom still made me food and brought it over all the time. Oh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, if I was, oh, if no, I was, I was yeah, in dire yeah. straits, right? If I was like, my God, moving with you, she'd be like, thank you, Jesus. Like, <laughs> it would have been amazing. And she would have, I'd probably still be living there today. Um, but yeah, anyway, guys, this has been an awesome podcast. Yeah. Polly D. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Andy C. I just Poly want to call him Polly D. I like, I like that. I know. Why, 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 why do they call him Joycey? I don't know. Is it big, what is D? I, I said, because I, 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 in my head, it's complex. In my head, I, I was trying to make was. a joke earlier of you looking oh, a little D like Polly D, 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 D from the Jersey from the Shore, Jersey Shore a little bit. And then I thought your last name started with a D for some reason. And then you were like, no, my last name is I Joyce. Joyce is not that hard of work. just works in a very weird way. Not as weird as fucking Swizzle Stick over here. Ghost of Greg Miller, thank you so much for joining us. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, it's Game of Greg's show. We're four, sometimes five. Best friends gather on this table and bring topics together week by week, day by day, whatever. Yada yada yada, guys. Everyone, step thanks. By step. I thought you were going for a bit of uh, new kids on the block there. Yeah, well, so, oh, so we which were, one was the big new kids on the block song? That was step by step. Was it step by step? It's step by Sing step. Sing it. Oh, I'm singing the sh- the show. Wait, he's singing oh. the show. It was a. Uh, I was uh, singing step T-G-I-F. by step. Ooh, baby, can you get to me, girl? What's that? That's not the big but new kids in the block song. Dylan will know this. What's it? You what's, might, sing the, what's the most famous new kids in the block song? What? No, there was a different. There had to be a different. They're on a different side of the world. What are you talking about? Are we not talking? It got, got to us in about 2001. <laughs> We're all talking about Donnie Wahlberg's famous band, right? <laughs> Thanks for tuning yeah. in, everybody. everybody. <laughs> I'll wrap it up. You sit there, fucking new kid on the block. <laughs> Everyone, it's thanks like, for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Good job, Kevin.